All right, episode 177, Hot Shot Scott. And I was going to say this should be a Pro Bowl-free mm. version of the show. Well, Hot Shot loves Pro Bowl weekend. I've been saying it for years. <laughs> you know that, right? I love it. Yeah. But I was going to Pro Bowl-free, were, were you planning on talking about no, it no, for no, an no, hour? No, 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 no. In fact... I said to myself going in, I am not going to ever, I'm not even going to mention the Pro Bowl, but how do I not mention the Pro Bowl when I believe, when I truly believe yeah. it is the single worst product in all of sports, <laughs> oh, men and women. Really? Yes. It is the, it's actually an insult to football fans. It's become wow. an insult. It used to be where they kind of pretended and you knew they, yeah. no one was trying and no one now it's just an in-your-face middle finger to football fans. So I'm telling you. It's, I watched about nine minutes of it until the Huskies came on on Sunday. Yeah. I could not believe. Now, maybe somebody would say, Mitch, where have you been? Maybe I haven't seen it in the last few years. I just haven't. Yeah. I, what I watched on Sunday, the nine minutes, was an absolute middle finger to football fans. It is ridiculous. I, I'm talking about literally two-hand touch football. They should just put flags on the guys. And play a flag football game. That's it. So, because during practice, sometimes we have something called thud where you run up, you hit them, but you stay off the no leg. hitting. You don't bring anyone. No, not no, even that. Not no even a pop. No blocking. No hitting. Why? So, so Russell Wilson goes back to pass. He throws to a receiver over the middle. Maybe not over the middle. Uh, he throws to a receiver, <laughs> and the receiver catches the ball, and then the linebacker just kind of puts his hands one on one shoulder pad, one on the other, wow. stands him up, and then. The, the officials come running in and call the play dead. Nobody goes to the ground. What? There's no blocking. There's no tackling. Forget. You said to me when you walked in, what about low tackle? Yeah. No, no, there's no tackling. <laughs> None. Because <laughs> in practice, you're supposed to stay off the legs. Go back. No, there's you're, no <laughs> tackling. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. There's what? not a pop. There's not a hit. There's nothing. This is worse than last year or the year before? Uh, again, I don't know. Somebody can answer that. I okay. can't. I'm just telling you, it is the worst huh. single product in all of sports. They should cancel yeah. the game. It's ridiculous. I'm actually right. surprised people play. Like, if I was an agent, I would want my guy out there. But I guess if you're saying it's you flag football now, then I guess I can't get Well, hurt, no, there's but... no injuries. There yeah. can't be an injury. But I think um, silly. maybe you get paid to play. I don't know. You go to Vegas. It used to be to, you go to Hawaii. You don't even go oh. to Hawaii anymore. <laughs> That's right. Hawaii was the best. Then the they went to Orlando one year. Yeah. Oh. I saw Russell yeah. in the skills competition. I'm done. Trying to hit the targets. All right. No more. Now that, okay. That stuff's actually pretty good. Yeah. I'm interested in that. Okay. Yeah. If, if they want to get together each year and do those types of things, yep. that's okay. The game, I'm just talking about the game. Yeah. Brutal. It is, oh my God. You didn't see it. You got to go back and look at it. It's unbelievable. You will laugh. It is unbelievable. Awful. Just, okay. get, what, what, just get rid of it. Why and then I'm going to find out that they're like, 46 million Americans watch the Pro Bowl. That's right. <laughs> Third highest viewing ever. I, I begin not with the Pro Bowl. I begin episode 177 with Stump the Band. Would you like to do a little Ooh. Stump the Band? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Do you want to do it now? This is one of the times I do. Football trivia hotshots. Oh, boy. Okay. This is a really good one. Hartley Dykes. Correct. Thank you. I'm a genius. Hartley Dykes. <laughs> oh, my God. The random nature. All right. Joe Burrow. Ever heard of him? I have. He is trying to pull off a very rare feat okay. this coming Sunday. Have you heard this? No. He is trying to win the Super Bowl, which would mean he would complete the trifecta. Okay. What do you think the trifecta is? This is not the question, but what yeah. do you think the trifecta would be? Well, if we're including college too or no? Or just, yes, we're including college. So Heisman, National Championship, Super Bowl champion. He is trying to pull off that exact trifecta. Ooh. Heisman Trophy, yeah. Natty Championship, NFL World Title. Okay. Okay. He would join an incredibly 
select few. Can you name <laughs> who he joins in that club? It's the most illustrious of clubs. I feel like he's the only one who would do it. Is that right? <laughs> no, he, he is. No one's oh, ever done that. No one has ever done. That's actually that. kind of amazing, right. right? No one has ever won the wow. Heisman, the Natty Championship, and the Super Bowl in the same career. And he's he's trying to do it in what is like second or third year. Yeah, in the league. that's yeah. right. Yep, that's impressive. There you go. I thought somebody would have. I mean, if you're really good in college, you win the Heisman, you win the national championship, it could potentially translate to the NFL and you could be good. Never That's incredible. happened. Wow. All right. There you go. I was going to say like Plunkett or... Plunkett. Aikman. I don't know. I was just going to throw out some names. Well, Plunkett won the Heisman. He didn't win anything at Stanford though, right? No, no because no, they no. never won anything at Stanford, but yeah. he won the... He did. Two he, out of three. Did he win two, Plunkett? No, I mean, he got two of the three categories. Oh, he got two out of the three. Yeah, yeah well, he yeah. with the Raiders, he yeah. won it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was going to go with him There first. you go. Impressive. There you go. Well, are you rooting for Joe? Because I am. I think everyone is, right? <sighs> well, if I have a bet on the Rams, I can't root for Joe. <laughs> Money I haven't, but them. I haven't bet the game yet. But you are going to. I'm definitely going to bet the game. I just don't know which side I'm going to bet. I really want to root for Joe, but I kind of think the Rams are going to win, so I'm stuck. What do I do? Yeah. Bet with your head, not with your heart. Yeah, but I, my head... Doesn't do much for me. That's true. You bet with your head all college football season. Terrible. Didn't you? Well, I bet with new highs all college football season. <laughs> right. Subscribe to Mitch Unfiltered on your favorite podcast app. Most of them are iPhones. Rate and review us. Hopefully five stars. We really appreciate the five star uh, reviews and ratings. They really help. Uh, you can become a Mitch Unfiltered patron. Five dollars a month. You get Danny O'Neill, Slickhawk, Randy Mueller, all the the midweek stuff. If you're in a difficult period in your life, I always say this, and you can't do the five bucks. Don't worry, I'll take care of it. Just send me a note at Mitch at MitchUnfiltered.com. I don't want anybody who wants to hear the midweek content, yeah. content that can't do it to not get it. So uh, there you go. More the merrier. Episode one, before we get into 177, which is this one, Yeah. 176 became a little bit of a, a lightning rod Holy show. Have, did you notice? What a firestorm. Did you pay attention, you I, and your new gig? I did and somehow. Your, and your softball games and your girls' basketball games? What's game? going on, did yeah. you Did you have any time to pay attention to the reaction of episode 176? I did. It was it was the Coach Crandall stuff. Yes. People hit me on Facebook yes. and Twitter. And, yes. And then the Mina Kimes, Jeff yes. Garcia. Yes, the Mitch Levy problem, oh. as it's now called. <laughs> That's right. It's been well My known. remarks about the advancement of women in sports yeah. and how... I believe that there's a section of us, and I included myself in the mix, that are concerned about what we say when it comes to a female broadcaster or a woman announcer or anything like that, that we're careful. We're very careful. And I got yeah. I got completely ridiculed by a lot of people on social media. Did you notice that? I did notice. Yeah. What do you think? The good news is it appears that we're out of problems in this country because <laughs> people were really focused on you and what you said, which I'm just glad I didn't really say what I think. I'm glad you took Go all ahead. The that day. The floor is yours, Scott why Unfiltered. I, why would I ever do that, knowing what, the way people reacted to what you said? Well, I don't I know how you do feel. Then I don't know how you feel. It it, it doesn't really. It's not, I don't think it's that controversial. I I was just gonna say, you know, I've always wondered how people watch football who never played it. I've always wondered that, like what they look at. And there's a reason. Is that I was sitting next to a friend of ours. We both know he's what you say. You watch more football than anyone on Sundays. I think I do. Okay. Well, this guy's second. Okay. Okay. Loves it his whole life. Forty right. years. We're at a kid's game, and they got a penalty for not enough men on the line. Or enough kid. And I was, I was like, I was just curious. I was a legal like, formation, we call that. I was like, you know how many people have to be on the line before the ball can be snapped, right? He's like, oh, I have no idea. I was like, really? <laughs> you have no idea? Like, how long have you played? For? So that's what it hit me. Did he me, play? Like, Who, this guy? Did he no, play? No, he didn't, he didn't play. That, Do I know this guy? You know him. Oh. I don't want to call him out. 
Call him Al. No, you don't have to. I don't want to call you. <laughs> I was recently invited to his house for a Super Bowl party. So after the Super Bowl, I'll tell you. Okay. But I was just curious how people watch. You know, when John Madden first got into it, he even said that. Did you watch the documentary on him? I have or, not seen the documentary yet. He said that's one of the reasons he wanted to get into broadcasting because all these people are watching football, but I'm sure they didn't all play. So he kind of wanted to help teach them the game. So anyway, I've just always wondered how people watch it who never play, but I'm glad I didn't but say that's, that. But, but that's, okay. <laughs> that's a diff. That's kind of the Garcia criticism of Kimes. I'm asking you, did you have an, a reaction to people jumping on my show, yeah. jumping on my back because I had the audacity to say that I believe that there's a section of men out there that are in the sports field yep. that would hesitate to criticize a woman sportscaster, she and her opinion or her job performance or so forth, yep. that they'd be very, very careful for fear of what the backlash might be. And people said, that's a Mitch problem. That's not a societal problem. That doesn't, that's you. You got an issue. You have Mitch. a hang up. It's me. Yeah. I just think the white knight virtue signalers have spoken. And when they do, it's just, oh, an, it, it's okay. an, it's an army. You just, you can't, you can't fight. <laughs> okay. They love to come to the defense and act like, look how great I am. I'm woke and I'm all this. I would never say what he said. I'm perfect. Right. But in 2022, if you're not a little nervous about talking about certain topics, you probably should be. So I understand why you'd be nervous. You know, every week right. I, I write four or five stupid jokes. You do. I, I can't tell you how many I stay away from certain topics. No, you don't. All the Those time. Those are the ones that you lead with. That's, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like I, I, I'm with you. So I kind of understand what you're okay. saying. Okay. You just want to be careful out be there. Be careful. Because you don't know how people are going to take stuff. Correct. Right. That, at least that's what I took from this what you is, said. And, and the reaction was, this is Mitch making it about Mitch. Yes, it was making the Mina Kimes Jeff Garcia story yeah. about Mitch. You have a uh, may, uh, maybe you shouldn't have used the I word. I threw my hands up. You shouldn't use the words heebie-jeebies. I think oh, people, people hated. Not, people did not hate. Did not like the heebie-jeebies. If you just would have said you're, you get a little nervous. Ah, geez, you're doing a podcast. Uh, words come out. They We're, do. This whole thing is not scripted. Oh, it is. I'm not reading the whole thing off of like word note. Okay, <laughs> sometimes words come out that just pop into your head at the time. Uh, turns really out really going to jump yeah. all over me over heebie-jeebies again when that really. Army when that army comes after you, okay. you, you have no All right, How about no Doug chance. Crandall, your buddy? You wanted me to do that interview. You kind of know him. You certainly know of him. Yeah. You're closer to the Issaquah story than I. How did you do you? You, you, you clearly on Monday because you texted me. That may have been the fastest you ever listened to any section yeah. of Mitch Unfiltered. It's true. I you, couldn't wait. You must have run right to that segment. Yep. You probably skipped over. What you and I talked about oh, and went sure. right there. I mean, the shit that comes out of my mouth, who would want to hear that crap? Why would you want to listen to heebie-jeebies? <laughs> That's right. When do you go right to the... Okay, you listen to the interview. I yep. guess it was about 20 minutes. I tried to be fair. I, I tried to be objective. Yep. I tried to be both sympathetic to him and his situation, but... But... But, you know, because I don't know the whole story. Nobody yeah. really knows the whole story. What's your view? Well, and like, did, have you talked to anybody who heard it? Yes, I have. And you okay. got good feedback. I you, did. Okay, um, good. One of his best friends from like childhood and I, we've been talking okay. on Facebook. Yeah. And he thought you did a great job. Okay. So he, so that's at least one that I know of. But, uh, <laughs> that makes you know, one. There, there's at least okay. one. Okay. Um, but, you know, I am close to the situation. I used to swim in the lake at his father-in-law's house, at his in-law's house. Like yeah. I've known his wife since I'm 10, right? 11, right? So, and and I have friends. She's that, the kindergartner, kindergarten teacher. That's right, in Stephanie. The yeah. yeah. Okay. So I am close to it, and, okay. and I have a really good friend whose daughter played for him and loves right. him, and right. so everything I've heard has been right. People are just but in, Piper has not played for him, right? She's in seventh grade, so she has not played for him. Right. No. Because she's he, not in high school. Because he no, I'm saying. 
He coached fourth grade. He's coached oh. some some select teams too. <laughs> yeah, he's coaching yeah. a select team now. Okay. I think because okay, okay. Yeah. Anyway, okay. so I'm re- I am really close to it, right. and it's kind of hard for me to be objective just from from everything I've heard. But I, I found him to be humble, and I felt I, I found him to be forthcoming, and it it does like I agree with you when you said that it feels like he kind of has an idea more so than just being blindsided. Would you agree with that? Well, that- the idea that he has is because he was told. You've got to change the way you communicate with your players and students. Yeah. And uh, that's an idea. I mean, you got to understand that when this story was first presented to me, and it wasn't by you, I don't believe. It was by another friend who I play golf with whose daughter is on the young team that he coaches. Oh, the fourth grade. At, yeah, the fourth okay. grade team. And this father knows him really, really well okay. and knows all the parents that know him very well. What When I first heard of the story, I, it was presented to me as if it was like, Hand in your keys, get get off a of property, you're done, and that's it. That's it. That's like, how I that's took it, it too. That's yep. it. That's what I thought I was getting myself into. But yeah. then as I learned more and then he talked, it, it was clearly a little more than that. Yes. It was, you've got to l- communicate differently with your players. Okay, now that's still very vague, and that's still not specific enough. They should give him more information than that. Yeah. But that's more... That's more than not knowing anything. Not knowing right? anything, anything at all. Yeah. Anything at all. So clearly it's a communication, a way of... And then he went into love and use, his use of the word love. He talked a lot about that yeah. on our interview. He, he did bring so that up it, for it a reason. Felt, yeah. it, felt, it felt like he knew more than people had told me that he knew when I first yeah. learned the story. Yeah, That's but all it, I would agree with you. And yeah, because okay. when I first heard the story, I thought he just was pulled in office, give That's me your it. keys, go. You're done. And I'm not telling you why. That- You're out. I mean, that would be absolutely cruel and torturous. Absolutely. And e- Brutal. even this is still kind of cruel in a way. It is. To it is. Not, to not let him defend himself or have any sort of due process at all. Right. It was, yeah, it's bad. I just hope the school district doesn't lose a quality coach for nothing. Well, they lost a quality coach. Right. But, He's done. But I'll never coach there again. But I said for nothing. But we don't know. I hope he, we, we don't know. That's what I'm saying. I it hope. It sure seems like it's for little, if not for nothing. That's right. And that's, I, I think that's a shame. Do you think it is everybody wants to jump on? Oh, it was his speech to the council about COVID, COVID and yeah, the pandemic. Political views. Have you watched yeah. the video of that? That was no. A, I heard I, you mention it. Yeah. I watched it. Okay. I, I, I have a maybe I'm naive. I have a hard time believing they're pushing this guy out for what he said. Okay. And the way he said it, I thought it was perfectly fine. Okay. Perfectly fine. And I, I actually have a hard time thinking that if it's the way he's communicating, isn't that a coachable moment? Can't you can't you coach him up? And help him, like, look, we yeah. can't use that converse with that that kind of speak. I mean, why? Why? I think blow if they were out? talking, I, I think if they were talking, they meaning the the board, yeah, which they're not for whatever reason. Well, with kids, I think involved, they might. You know, say, I think they might say to you, he was warned. Okay, that there because there seems to be something that happened in March of last year, March the previous year, or March of the same year. I guess it would be last year, yeah. Where there might have been a warning, or there might have been an objection, or there might have been a discussion between him and the board about his the way he communicates with the players. So I don't know that it was. Okay. And I and I if I'm wrong, I apologize, please. Yeah. I'm not using the word heebie-jeebies. I promise. <laughs> but I'm moving right. on. All right, episode one seventy seven. This should be a good one. Hopefully, it'll be a little less controversial, though Ooh. I do I do have something to say about the whole Brian Flores. Have you been watching the whole Brian Flores lawsuit? You can't not, not watch it, right? It's impossible to stay away from that. I've been saying for years, and nobody believes me, that people our age aren't meant to use the internet. We're just not. Like, we Why? can do it. Yeah. 
we can text and we can email. Yeah. How many people's lives has it flipped upside down? Texting or emailing, right? We're just not meant for it. Our, our, <laughs> our kids, you know, guys touching themselves on camera during oh, a work meeting, Zoom. like, good God. <laughs> and then when I was reading the Belichick stuff, I just thought, well, oh, thank you for Belichick. making my case. Can you, the Belichick stuff. I was cringing so hard when I was reading that. I was like, thank you for making my point. And how do you think the NFL feels about Belichick? <laughs> I mean, God it's like, uh, what? I got. I, well, I guess we're getting. Ahead so yes, of this I one. am keeping an eye on the All Flores right. thing. Guests on episode one seventy seven. A pair of Jasons is that better than a pair of Jacks? Uh, no way. I got. I'll take Jacks all. Jacks day over long. Jasons. Yeah. A pair of Jasons. Lock and four. CBS NFL Insider. Oh. Super Bowl. Russell Wilson offseason. Contractor Russell Wilson. Brian Flores lawsuit. Jason D. Hamilton. Nice. Welcome back. On the uh, on the dogs. They were kind of resurgent until <laughs> I booked him. And I then, know. It's our fault, right? It's my fault. Because I brought up a Terrell. What was his name? Terrell Brown Jr. Is that his name? Unbelievable. So I, I brought him up a couple weeks ago. Then Unbelievable. You're like, well, we should get Jason on. And then they get their butts kicked by Stanford. <laughs> I just knew that when I called him and I said, hey, can you come on? Yeah. I just knew that that meant in between my call to him and him coming on, <laughs> right. that they would just get hammered. And they did. Yep. But we'll talk to him about it anyway. And then... If you know the Cooper Cup story, most people know the Cooper Cup story by now. He comes from the Palm Springs of Washington, That's Yakima. Right. Yeah, he does. He played at Davis High School. They were they were stinky. They were terrible. They gave you the heebie-jeebies. Yes. And he was not recruited, though he was a really good high school player, but he wasn't recruited by any. His grandfather went to Washington, and he couldn't even get a look from Washington. Nobody really mm. wanted him. So a coach by the name of Bo Baldwin at Eastern yeah, Washington yeah, yeah. University who had Vernon Adams there. Yep, that's right. He uh, said, come play for us. Yeah. And he went on to break every uh, college football record a wide receiver can break in his, in his what, four years at um, Eastern, at Eastern yeah. Washington University, right? Yep. And um, he even played in that game against the Huskies where Vernon Adams threw for seven touchdowns, oh, yeah. 500 yards. So I figured this might be fun to, to reminisce with Bo Baldwin oh, nice. about when he saw Cup the first time yeah. and how he recruited him and how he played him and how good he was and how record and if he's surprised by what's happening here now in the NFL, yeah. if he stays in touch with them, the whole thing. So Boba, so a pair of Jasons, Hamilton and Lock and Four and Bobo. Somebody sent out a meme that was pretty cool about some players that, that are in the Super Bowl and it showed their high school rankings. And I think Cooper Cup had zero stars. Zero. I think it was zero. Zero. Just not on anyone's radar. He had the same amount of stars as I had, and I didn't play. <laughs> that's exactly football. right. 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 I bet that's crazy, though. I mean, it just goes to Did show. Did you have you. any stars? You didn't have any stars. Don't tell me we you didn't were like have the internet. <laughs> hey, stars. Who's giving stars? <laughs> Number forty-three. I was Issaquah the- Indians. I was uh, third team All Kinko. I'll take that. Were you really? Yeah. That's actually cut. That's not bad. If I check you on that, am yeah. I going to? So I, I remember. There's the internet. I can check. I think the Don't first. Don't make a comment that you can't back up. Don't give yourself the heebie-jeebies. I think a Newport guy was number one. I think he ended really? up playing at Oregon State. Yeah. And then a Bellevue kid who was younger than me who was just a beast. He ended up playing at Wyoming. So I, I think. But back then, the, the way. Third they, team what? Like uh, utility. For fullback? Fullback? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not running back, but for fullback. Fullback. Yeah. But the way they used to do it, it was. I remember in the, I was sitting in the locker room. My coach comes in. Hey, do you remember any uh, good players on Newport? And I was like, uh, yeah, 77. Yeah, and then yeah. they would write, that's how they would do it. It was like, <laughs> it was that scientific. So, yeah. That's funny. So, I don't, yeah. I, I don't have any shirts made <laughs> bragging about it because it's hardly scientific. So, Hot Shot, before we begin 177, officially, a couple of words about our partners, like Evergreen Golf Call, tax advisors, certified financial planners, experienced portfolio managers working together to bring retirement planning, taxes, and investments under one roof 
evergreengk.com. Evergreen is everything wealth. The Levy family loves Zeke's Pizza. We've been ordering it to the house a lot lately. Craft beer selection. Download the Zeke's Pizza app. Have pizza, beer, and salads at your door in no time. Homegrown in the Northwest. Daniel's Broiler, Valentine's Day, just about here. You got Super Bowl on Sunday, Valentine's Day on Monday. Lindsey Schwartz tells me this Saturday and Monday are booked across all four locations. However, some availability on Friday night and Sunday. I'm telling you, take her to Daniel's Broiler for Valentine's Day. It's the best. World-class steakhouses. Fireside Home Solutions, title sponsor of our Beat the Boys. We paid off 25 winners this year. Whether it's a new toasty fireplace or brand new garage doors, begin your search as we do at FiresideHomeSolutions.com. And the brand new Kirkland Office of Cross Country Mortgage, one of the nation's premier mortgage companies. A seven-minute call with Jordan Flowers or a member of his team could save you and your family hundreds of dollars every single month. I kid you not, on your mortgage, his personal phone number is 425 425- 890-2957. Okay? Episode 177 begins right now. Unfiltered. I think you could say that Tom Brady dominated more than Michael Jordan did. When you do the conversion of what a quarterback does yeah. with a 22-man team or a 22-starter team yeah. versus one out of five. Unfiltered. If I think that Aaron Andrews sucks on the sidelines, yeah. which I don't, I think she's great, but I got to be able to say, Aaron Andrews, that interview was was god-awful. She yeah. was, she's terrible on the sidelines. I've got to be able to do that without concern. Mitch is Unfiltered. Now, episode 177, Hotshot, is officially underway. And you can sleep tonight knowing that Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott have welcomed their second child to the world, and it's a boy. I know you're on the edge of your Tell seat. Tell me who Kylie... Day. So Kylie Jenner would be Bruce Jenner... Yes. Daughter... What Bruce Jenner's daughter when he was Bruce Jenner? When he was Bruce Jenner, yes. And who is Bruce Jenner married to? Uh, that would be Mrs. Kardashian, Rob's... Or Bob's ex-wife. Well... Bob's widow, I guess. Bob Kardashian's widow. Oh, Chris okay. Kardashian. Okay. So, so Bob Chris had, Jenner. She goes by Chris Jenner. That's right, Chris Jenner. Yeah. Okay, so Chris Jenner was married to Bob Kardashian of the O.J. Simpson deal. Yep, and they had three, three girls. They had uh, uh, Kylie, Chloe, Chloe, and Kim. Okay. Yep, those are Bob's kids. All right, and then Bob dies. Yeah. She marries Bruce Jenner. Yes. And they have how many kids? I think two. Oh, no, no, because there's a, I don't know, I'm, I'm probably not getting it right, but they have a couple, and this is one of them. Kylie's okay. one of them. Okay. And there, there's a, Rob is in there somewhere, I, I think, so I think Bob maybe had four. So now Bruce Jenner's become Caitlyn Jenner. Correct. And what's happened, uh, she, has she gone on and married somebody else? I don't know if she's married, but they're not together. I, I think they were going to try, but I don't think it worked out. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Right. Typically, I follow every one of Chris Jenner's moves, very except good. for this one, so this I don't know. very good. There you go. Very Congratulations good. to the happy couple. Do you think the NFL owners around the league, the 32, I guess there's 31 NFL owners. Do you think the 31 NFL owners are happy that the Dolphins fired Brian Flores after he won eight? Okay, the guy won eight of his last nine. Yeah. They finished over 500. He beat the Patriots twice. Right. He had kind of an up-and-coming team. All Stephen Ross had to do, the owner of the Dolphins, is retain him maybe for one more year and we wouldn't have had any of this. Yeah. 
Weren't playoffs sort of in the hunt towards the end of the yeah, year? They were right there. They were yeah. right there until the second to last week of the season. That's right. They got eliminated the second to last week of the season. And That's you right. would you would know he didn't have a locker room problem, or was there reports of that? Well, there was reports that he wasn't getting along great with his quarterback. That's for sure. Okay. All right. His young Tua quarterback. Gotcha. And there were also reports that he didn't get along great with the general manager. But um, yeah. it was a surprise. When I first heard that they had fired him, it was a surprise. It was, okay. And now, oh my God. Yeah. Right? Craziness. It just started. The fact that we're still, and we should get to the Seahawks defensive, the new defensive coordinator the Seahawks have. What a stuff. hire! I don't so I won't I won't I won't carry on too much about the Brian Flores thing because my guess is anybody listening to this podcast is probably Brian Flores out a little bit. Yeah, maybe the whole not. Story. I mean, maybe not. I, I'm interested in it. Uh, but what I'm going to say is not any kind of revelation, but I'll just say I, I can't believe that we're still talking about this. <sighs> I know. In 2022. Crazy. I know. Okay, John Elway is offended because Flores said that he was disheveled during the interview, and it was clear that they were drinking and they didn't take him seriously when they interviewed him. The Giants are offended that he says that they had already decided, Bill Belichick, oh. they had already decided on their head coach three days before they brought him. They just brought him to satisfy the Rooney rule. Right. Everybody is offended by what Brian Flores has done and has said and the lawsuit. <laughs> Everybody is rejecting and firing back at him. And the funny part to all of this is it's all a major distraction because none of it really matters. There's only one thing that matters. And here's the one thing that matters. Okay. There is one black head coach yeah. in a 32-team league where 70% of the greatest football players in the world are black. What, I'll say that again. Yeah. There's 31 white owners. The Green Bay Packers are owned by the city the, or the, 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 community, yeah, the community. Okay, or the whoever, the fans. The Bay. 31 white owners, 32 teams, 70% black, one black coach in 32 teams. That is all that matters. Whether John Elway considered him seriously or not, yeah. doesn't matter. Whether he was drunk and disheveled, doesn't matter. Whether the Giants hired the guy before or after, doesn't matter. There's only one thing that matters, and it's inherent racism. That's There's one black coach in 32 teams that are made up by 70% black men, yeah. right? At the end of the day... The NFL has two choices. This is real. This is really a simple thing. Yeah, it's really a simple thing. Number one, they can fix it, right? Or number two, they should just own it. We think white guys make better head coaches than black <laughs> yeah, guys. That's gonna happen, <laughs> and, and we'll see. Well, isn't that kind of what has happened? Yeah, I guess they're already sort of suggesting it, that, aren't suggesting they? Suggesting it. <laughs> how, how do you figure they're only suggesting yeah. it? They're yelling it at us. Yeah, so, badly. So do one of the two things: either either fix it or own it. If you were a, a billionaire owner and you had one of these rare thirty-two NFL teams, you would win. A, you'd want to win a championship, would you not? Correct. That's the only thing you'd want. You'd have all the money in the world. The only thing that you would want is to win a Lombardi Trophy, yep. right? Wouldn't you, if that's all you wanted, and and your locker room was made up of seventy percent black men, wouldn't you want to have a black head coach? Wouldn't you want to have? Somebody who resonates in that locker room, who can bring them together, yeah. who culturally fits in with that. Wouldn't that be your first, second, third, and fourth choices? You'd think. It's it's the time of year that I love where, is it Eric Bieniemy every year? Every year, Eric Bieniemy's name is, tw it's trending on Twitter. Oh, let's click on him. Maybe he got it. Nope, didn't get it. Nope, didn't get that job. I, I would year. subscribe to the anti-Rooney rule. 
I would interview one white guy just to say that I interviewed the white guy. <laughs> right. Because I'd have no interest unless my locker room became 90% white. I'd have no interest. All I would want is the best candidate to stay, to stand in front of, in that locker room, in front of those players and bring everybody together right. to win a world championship. Yeah. On top of it all, if 70% of the greatest players in the world, these are the greatest football players in the world. Yep. If 70% of them are black and they have been so for years and years and years, wouldn't it even make sense that there's actually more qualified black head coaches than there are white head coaches? Right, because more are playing. Right, the, More no. <laughs> are at the top of their profession. Yeah. More know the game better than anybody I else. I know. It would make more sense that there'd be 31 black head coaches right. and one white head coach right. to or me. Pete Carroll played the game 50 years ago. That's who we're going to hire. I mean, I know it doesn't always, it's not always apples to apples, but I know it is kind of silly to think about. Right. Yeah, you're better off getting a guy who played high school quarterback 45 years ago than somebody who played, at a, yes. who played at a super high level. Yes. Yeah, I know. Yes. It's silly. It's a mess, and the NFL made their bed, and now they're going to lay in it. It's it's funny that, that we – I know you're joking, but to, in a weird way, we'd respect the NFL more if they just came out and said, yeah, we're racist. We well, don't. They, they, they said it. They've said well, it. They haven't officially – They kind of have. The, okay, kind of different than them saying it. I don't know. Uh, it is funny to think about that, yeah, we'd have more respect for them in a weird way if they just said we're racist. It, At least they're out in front of it. Where does zero go other from here, Flores? Oh, hell no. I don't think – I don't know that he'll ever get another job in the NFL. He knew that, though, before he started all this. You think so? Oh, is he aware with the Colin Kaepernick story? Yeah. But then people would say, well, Kaepernick was, he might not have been good enough, but I don't know. Yeah, that's a whole. I don't know who's hiring. Don't hold your breath. Don't apply to be Brian Flores' okay. agent anytime soon because your commission, yeah. you know, 10% or whatever you're going to get, 15% of yeah. zero is zero. I, maybe he's going to make a killing on this lawsuit. I don't know what he's going to get in some sort of oh. a, a settlement out of court or what have you, but I, I can't imagine. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I can't imagine him in the near future ever being hireable in the NFL now. Better chance hiring Tom Flores? Is that what you're Better saying? Better chance hiring Mitch Levy <laughs> in my past than Brian. The Seahawks have a new defensive coordinator, and Seahawks fans are not all that excited. I don't know. It's like, what? Okay. Am I supposed to do cartwheels down my hallway when reading that? I'm sure. I don't know. Are we supposed to get excited about this? You Clint tell me. Hurt is yeah. the new defensive coordinator. He's been with the team since 2017. Okay. He was the defensive line coach. He's been hired from within. They have hired former Broncos defensive coordinator Ed Donatel, who has a long history with Pete Carroll. I know that name. And yeah. Vic Fangio. Mm -hmm. um, he's coming to join the staff. He's not coming as a defensive coordinator. He's coming as kind of a consultant or an advisor. Okay. So they are hiring two guys. They're not hiring two guys. They're bringing one guy from outside the organization. I think there's going to be another one or two that come from outside the organization. But uh, uh, essentially, Pete Carroll has decided to do what Pete Carroll does, which is, especially when it comes to defensive coordinators, promote from within yeah. people who have the same image or same vision as you have. And for the most part, now there are 12s that like this, but for the most part, if you watch social media, no, this has not been well received by Seahawks fans. Yeah. I know people were hoping for some kind of something to move the needle. Maybe give me a little name or something to get excited about. Like, all right, we're just going to promote from within. I mean, we're should, all should be we're, we're all left as Seahawks fans to to let's wait and see. I mean, right. everybody's saying, well, why why won't you wait and see? Well, yeah, I'm going to wait and see. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not uh, I'm not going to refuse to watch the product. But there are many, many, many more Seahawks fans who are saying more of the same puppet. 
Pete Carroll puppet. Yeah. He's got his hands on the defense. He only wants yes people. He doesn't want anybody to challenge him. I liked Randy Mueller's idea when, when he came on with me and he said, listen, it may not be a bad thing for Pete Carroll to bring in a defensive coordinator who kind of looks at the world differently than him, looks at the way you run defenses differently, yeah. and they can challenge one another. And maybe the product of those two things will be a, a really good defense instead of hiring yeah. somebody who just is part of the Pete Carroll scene. Good call, Randy. So how'd that go? Did they listen to you? <laughs> I don't think he ever thought that they were going to listen to him. <laughs> no, he probably didn't. But, uh, yeah, uh, Clinton Hurt, like it or not, is yeah. going to be the new defensive coordinator of your Seattle Seahawks. Unless so there Pete, you go. I mean, unless Pete says, look, we understand the defense was what it was last year, but w what's to make a Seahawks fan think that it's just not going to be more of the same scheme? Nothing. I mean, but, yeah. I There's nothing that. to make you think that. So why not just keep Ken Norton? I mean, if you're going to run the same it's thing. A fair, it's a fair qu question. I don't know, because you felt like you had to do something. Maybe in that meeting with ownership. They concluded with John Schneider, hey, we got to do something. And this is it. So they came out and they fired Ken Norton. Yeah. But then they just yeah. hire their defensive line coach. Maybe I, I can't imagine that, it's the, 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 that the defensive line coach, once he becomes defensive coordinator, is going to do things radically different right. than the way they did it all this time. Maybe you're going to tell me Ed Donatel is going to come in here and shake things up yeah. and they're going to change things around and maybe they will. I'm, I have an open mind, yeah. but I don't know how anybody with some of the names that we were talking about can get excited over this. Yeah, I don't see the defensive line coach, I guess now the defensive coordinator, yes. getting in Pete's face in meetings saying, no. no, we're running it like this. Whether no. you like it or not, old man, not happening, is it? Well, that's not what I'm talking about. No, but I mean, he's, he's not going to challenge Pete Carroll. He's that's just what I, all I would ask is, hey, should we be blitzing more often? Should we be playing Jamal Adams differently? Should we... Uh, oh, yeah, we have him. Should we be approaching... Uh, putting pressure on quarterbacks differently. Should we be approaching the coverage of our corners differently? Yeah. I, that's the kind of thing. I'm, I'm not asking for anybody to get in Pete no, Carroll's that was, face. That was I know. It was in, I understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if, what, the questions you're even suggesting. A, a different viewpoint, a different outlook. That's, right, yeah. that's all. That's what I, would, what I was hoping was coming. And maybe Donna tells that. Maybe maybe Pete will uh, listen to him. Doubt, doubtful. Okay. <laughs> all right. So I can't wait for. Doubtful. Eight and nine again. Should be awesome. Thank you. Three guests, and then we'll do other stuff on this episode 177. Hey, it's time for the first visit of the year for my friend Zeke's Pizza president, Dan Black. How are you, Dan? I'm doing good, Mitch. Thanks. How did 21 go? Give us kind of a State of the Union address. All things considered, how do you think Zeke's performed in 2021? Yeah, all things considered, I think we performed well. Uh, as you know, it's challenging times for the restaurant industry and it's no different for us. I mean, COVID has changed the world and in a lot of ways coming out of COVID has created more challenges than during COVID for us in certain ways. But, you know, I tend to be an optimist and so focus on the positive things, which our restaurants for the most part in 21 were fully open. The really optimistic part is, is in terms of opening new locations, uh, we've been doing very well on that. And 2022 off the top of your head, can you tell us about expansion? Yeah, so we're actually in the midst of our biggest growth phase ever at Zeke's. So all within the next month or so, Spokane, Mill Creek, and White Center will all open. And then shortly after that, Seward Park and Renton will come online. So yeah, we're, we're cranking right now. We're approaching 30 Zeke's pizzas. How do you explain, given the conditions and the challenges, all this growth for you guys? Yeah, it's been crazy. It was, I wouldn't say that it was a total surprise for us, but uh, you can add buy a Zeke's franchise in addition to buying a Peloton and a vacation home <laughs> is something that evidently people do during a worldwide pandemic. And what's the Black family eating and drinking this January? Yeah, you know, wintertime, we tend to go towards our classic meat pies. So we've been doing Puget Pounder, John Candy, Cherry Bomb, Dragon. 
all of which are kind of Zeke's classics. And then beer wise, I've been drinking stuff from a couple of breweries up in Bellingham. Uh, one is Flannel Blizzard, which is a Zeke's specific beer that is a Canadian lager that's super easy drinking. So I drink a lot of that. And then the other one I've been drinking is a Skookum Hazy, which is another popular style. I'm so happy for your expansion and your success. I know the 21 was difficult. I'm very appreciative of your partnership with Mitch Unfiltered since the beginning. Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, the owner of Fireside Home Solutions, J-Dub, John Waterstrat. Welcome back to the show, John. Thanks, Mitch. Great to be back with you. John, the pandemic, the shipping challenges that come along between fireplaces and garage doors, which you do so well, the Seahawks, the Huskies. It's been a tough go recently, J-Dub. It has been a tough go, and I probably speak for some of those sports fans out there. It's been a rough year. <laughs> That's our stress reliever, I think, in the Northwest <laughs> to see those Seahawks do really well, and my beloved UW Huskies. But uh, hey, we're getting through. We're managing through. For me, the fireplace unit, the garage doors, one thing. You've got great ones. Your competitors have great ones. The difference to me is in the process and service, and I know because I'm a customer. People have no idea. Walk us through what happens after someone decides that they want a new fireplace and they call the Fireside Home Solutions team. Yeah, we just talked a little bit about the stress, right? Sports have been tough. Pandemic's been tough. And and we really believe in this stress-free buying experience. And and again, you pick your product out. And what we want to do is just like what we did with you guys is we want to send somebody out there, an expert, to walk you through the process. Let's make sure everything's going to fit. Make sure you guys have your questions answered. Instead of having an installer there that doesn't quite know what to do, we don't have good expectations, and get that stress-free buying experience. And again, make sure that they can do their work and you can get what you want. We absolutely love our new patio and setup. What's the current time frame that the pandemic has thrown at you guys for garage doors and fireplace units? Uh, we talked about this in the past. Please talk to your sales rep about what we have in stock. If you need something fast, we're going to have things in stock, both fireplaces and garage doors. Other products, if you're patient and you really want something, we have things that are taking four weeks, sometimes eight weeks. And you wouldn't believe this. We actually have some garage doors that are taking anywhere between oh. nine and 10 months. Wow. That's unbelievable. So patience is truly a virtue. As I said, we're a great customer. We love them. They're the title sponsor of the Beat the Boys competition and an awesome partner of Mitch Unfiltered. Unfiltered. You may need a reboot. You may need to take a step back. He made it clear from his press conference, coaching still in his blood. At some point, he's going to be back coaching in the NFL. But you've got ESPN, you've got Fox, you've got Amazon, these opportunities that are created right now, and a chance for him to enjoy some other things in his life for a period of time. And the Drew Brees era is over. Episode 177, Mitch Unfiltered, Super Bowl week in L.A., Rams-Bengals, the Brian Flores lawsuit, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson a year later, the Sean Payton exit, the Dan Snyder saga. Jeez. Our man, CBS NFL insider Jason Lockenfora. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. 177. So 176 in the books. What's, <laughs> do you have your five? You, you love to ask me inane questions. What are your, what are your six favorite all-time episodes of your first 176? Have absolutely no freaking clue. What are your memories of episode 34? <laughs> the only thing I can tell you is that I remember episode 23. Why is that? Because we did a bunch of Jordan stuff 
on episode 23. Uh, and, I, and I had a buddy, I have a buddy who actually hosted Jordan on the golf course in 96 when he came out here to play in the NBA Finals. He hosted him for two days, and he came on He came on episode 23 and told the stories, and everybody loved it. Everybody absolutely loved it. So I remember so like, episode 23. That's it. That's the only one out of 176 that you absolutely know <laughs> the topic correlated to the number. Oh, I'm sorry. I got no better answer. You, you should be sorry. I'm a little disappointed in you. All right, Wig, I just gave you six NFL stories. <laughs> Most of it was in the NFC, I feel like, too. I feel like all the – the NFC is like the conference of, of intrigue and tumult and goodbyes. Do you, maybe soon to be goodbye. Do you want me to go over the six? Because I'm going to ask you about the six. Do you know? Do you understand the six? Tom Brady, Super Bowl, Brian Flores, Russell Wilson a year later, okay. Sean Payton, Dan Snyder. My question is, which of those six are you most interested in? And which oh, of those geez. six are you most tired of? Um... Most interested in and most tired of. Yeah. I'm most tired of the league and these owners doing things that they do that create a climate where there's a necessary conversation about race and management and race in in the head coaching ranks in this sport. I, I'm, I'm tired. I, I'm not tired of talking about it because it needs to be talked about, but I, it, it's I'm tired of it going in the wrong direction and the league becoming less inclusive and less diverse at a time when Troy Vincent and Roger Goodell and others keep trying to incentivize these people to sort of do the right thing. They're doing less of the right thing than ever before. So that's disheartening. That's unfortunate. And that's systemic racism. I just don't know how you can tell the story of who owns these teams and who's the president of these teams and who picks the players and who coaches the players and who decides who gets in the building and who doesn't. That's a decidedly white story. So I don't think you can, you know, we're hundred years in. I don't think you can call that a coincidence. Okay. And then what am I most? I mean, I'm always looking forward to the Super Bowl. Do you like the matchup? Sure. Yeah. I don't think you could have gone wrong, you know, from the final four, no matter how it would have come out, you could have had some interesting storylines, but this, you know, McVeigh and Taylor and their relationship and um, Burrow, you know, doing it so quickly and Stafford doing it at a point in time in his career. When I think a lot of people had long ago written him off as being, a quarterback who was going to play in, in many meaningful games, let alone one of this scale. Andrew Whitworth, you know, spending his, you know, uh, I mean, that guy's still 40. He's still starting left tackle. It feels like he's been with the Rams forever. He's been with the Bengals for a whole lot. You know, before that, um, the Bengals shedding 33, whatever it was, 31 years of playoff futility and then doing it and reaching a Super Bowl without them really playing an A game. You know, they haven't really put four quarters of football together on both sides of the ball yet they made Mahomes and Reed succumb to their will and induce those guys to choke and overcame an 18-point deficit in, in Arrowhead. Two years in a row where a team hosts the Super Bowl after it never happening before, mm-hmm. that's kind of crazy. And the team that hosted this year is the one that knocked off the team that did it last year. Um, so, look, is it Brady versus Belichick? No, I mean, I'm not going to tell you that. But these are two very compelling football teams that both played their best ball down the stretch. They both seem to you – could, you could sell either of them as sort of the team that's on the magic carpet ride. And obviously only one of them is going to be um, crowned champions. In the words of uh, Tony Kornheiser, who you got? I guess I lean Bengals, man. At this point, you know, I, I just don't wow. think you, you sort of pick against them. I'll be fascinated to see the environment at that stadium. I mean, yeah, it's a home game, but as we know, Rams home games – 
even playoff home games haven't exactly felt like home games and they're having to go to silent counts and stuff like that. So I'm not sure how that's going to play, play out and how many Bengals fans are going to travel, et cetera. But for the Bengals to do what they did and to have done it on the road, they just scored one touchdown. That's crazy to me to have held the chiefs to 83 net yards while they're nursing an 18 point lead at their place in a championship game. The two games they played against the chiefs, second half and overtime. I think Mahomes is 17 for 30 for 105 yards, no touchdowns, one interception, I think five sacks, quarterback rating of 50. That's over the equivalent of a game, more than a game because there's an overtime involved. You know, that's four quarters of meaningful football plus, you know, whatever that overtime ended up taking, six minutes, whatever. And that's what Patrick Mahomes was able to do. So I, I, I'm buying their defense. I'm buying Joe Burrow. And I, I think at some point, I, I think they're going to be better in the red zone offensively with two weeks to prepare because they haven't been very good <laughs> the last three games and they won them all in the playoffs. Do you think they can protect Burrow? Well, I, I saw Joe Burrow get sacked nine times for 70 yards and he stayed in the game and he won it. I mean, could Aaron Donald do what Jeffrey Simmons? Yeah. They still lost that. Simmons didn't win at home. Mm, all right. I think the, the, the escapability that Burrow showed, the strength, Amazing. the core Amazing. and leg strength yeah. to, 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 to rip himself away from a Chris Jones time and time. It's like when Chris Jones gets both hands on you, you know, his batting average is pretty high. So I, I just think this kid is, is sort of used to it. He knows it's part of the deal. I think they'll match protect a little bit more. You know, I think they'll, they'll, I don't think they're going to open the game and empty set. I think they're going to have to feel that chess match out and they're going to have to protect him early and then see if they can build up a lead and run the football and, and all those things. I think Joe Mixon will get a ton of touches, but I don't know. I'm, I'm buying what the Bengals are selling. I, I feel like I think they got a mojo going and I think playing at home. I think there's some things I'm a huge Sean McVay guy, but, but some of the stuff he did against the 49ers had me, I felt like they were feeling the pressure. I felt like they were, in the process of choking a little bit themselves. And I just feel like there's no pressure on the Bengals. I mean, there's just none. And for all the money the Rams spent and everything the Rams did and the Rams being in a Super Bowl or bus mode. And now again, playing at home and the glitz and the glam and now I, I I'll, I'll lean to the Bengals. JLC is on the Bengals in a recent column on CBSSports.com, Jason, you listed five possible landing spots for Sean Payton. When he comes back, I did. You know what was on that you list? Correct. Do I remember? I uh, I know that was the team near and dear to your heart was. Yeah. Not yeah. two. Not both. I don't think both teams near and dear to your heart were. Oh, no. I don't no, think no, I had no, the Dolphins. No, no, no. But you could close your eyes and see Sean Payton as the coach of the Seattle Seahawks in a year or two. If I were trying to keep that quarterback around, and if this year doesn't go great, and, and I'm owning the Seattle Seahawks, and I want to keep Russ around. Well, look, I know, I know he was very, very open to New Orleans in no small degree because of Sean Payton. So, yeah, I would, I would want to be in that mix if I was owning the Seahawks and this year, again, looked like last year or close to it. What about you? Well, I, I like Sean Payton. I don't, know about the C, I don't know about the Russell Wilson situation. You know, we're a year removed. Now, from the start of the whole off-season saga last year, it happened at the Super Bowl, a bad season removed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where the organization has huge question marks now, and there's question marks yeah. about, about him as a player. So how... how oh, there how, are? Yeah, of course there are. Question marks about him as a player, as in, as in his ability? 
Well, as he ages and he doesn't, oh, and he's my not goodness, and he's not as mobile. Really? Well, I mean, you watch the games. I mean, yeah. He wasn't very. He wasn't particularly great this year. He had year a down he was spell. Out. I mean, yeah. I, I think he came back from that injury way sooner than he should have. Maybe. Um, I think he certainly was starting to look like himself the more he got removed from it. The big question here is, as he uses his legs less and less, can he have a great, great, great career into his late thirties and forties? I mean, is he a is he a pocket? Wow. Is he a pocket? That's what people are talking about. Well, I I think it's a question. Well, look, let's look at Aaron Rodgers. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is as athletic and and fast as Russell Wilson? The answer uh, is no. Is he older than Russell Wilson? Did he just play like his age 39 season and, and used his legs plenty to keep things alive and extend plays and I think Aaron help, Rodgers, help them win as many games as they want? I think Aaron Rodgers is a better pocket quarterback. We're not talking about that. You brought up you brought up the legs. You brought up the, the whole totality. And if Russ can't do that stuff anymore, then do we have to worry about him? And I, I'm just saying I saw the uh, this guy's 39. I don't think in as good a shape as Russ. And not as committed to being a year-round, you know what I mean, fitness freak, living the TB12 lifestyle. And I just saw him be the one seed and have a bye, in, in, in at least to some degree, because of his ability to still extend plays, to run for yards when they're there, to make things happen outside the pocket when it breaks down. Is he a $50 million a year guy, a $45 million a year guy, Starting in what two years from now? In two seasons from now? I would have no reservations about that. Okay. Are they built? Are they constituted to be able to handle spending fifty million dollars on their quarterback? The rest of the team? Aren't the Chiefs paying uh, whatever forty-eight for their guy on average? Isn't Josh Allen making forty-three? And weren't they in the? Did they have a pretty effect? Didn't they have a pretty good season? Yeah, uh, because they're great. Weren't around they a him. competitive team? They're great around him. Didn't did the Rams? eat a whole bunch of Jared Goff's money and absorb massive cap hit and then still get a, a, a one of the higher paid quarterbacks in the league in the year where the cap was still jacked up because of COVID. I, I mean, I'm, I'm old seen. enough to remember the Chiefs extending Patrick Mahomes and keeping Chris Jones on a franchise tag when people said it was impossible and paying Joe Tooney top-of-the-line record guard money and only losing out on Trent Williams, not because of money. They're willing to pay him 2021 also, but because, he, you know, his relationship with Kyle. Just look at the good teams in the league. I, I, I mean, this whole, I mean. You're answering a different question. I'm not asking whether a team can pay a quarterback 45 or $50 million and still be successful. That was not my question. My question is, can the Seahawks, as constituted, with draft choices that are missing and all the things around him, can they pay $45, $50 million to a quarterback and still be good enough around him when they've got to go rebuild that team? That's my question. Well, if you think he can do what's becoming increasingly the norm and be highly effective approaching age 40, then that's a pretty big window. I don't know. I, 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 I didn't see great football from him when he wasn't injured. I didn't see great football from him the three or four weeks before he got hurt. And obviously, we're not going to judge him based on what he looked like when he came back. Because he wasn't himself. He was obviously better yeah. at the end. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I still think there's a question whether Russell Wilson is Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers at 40, 41, 42 because of the way he plays the position. I think that's a fair question. So what's going to happen? I mean, he does. 
Is he? He's not going to do an extension. Does he want to do an extension? He's got two years left in his contract. Do they want to do an extension? I, I mean, I would. If it's sort of status quo, and we're just gonna, you know what I mean? We're gonna keep doing what we're doing, and we think we're going to get better. And there, there's not sort of. If that's the recruiting pitch, then I don't. I don't see another buy into that. No, that would surprise me. So what happens this offseason? Well, I mean, it's pretty clear that Pete Carroll wants him to be his quarterback, right? So I'm not sure that anything happens. And then the ball eventually, you know, goes to his court. And, you know, I don't I don't know that Russ is a guy who's going to necessarily hold out or come out and say, I'm withholding my services until you trade me. I, I'm not sure that that's sort of within his makeup, but so, I'm, I'm also not Karnak the Great. If you're, if you're the Seahawks and the player that you want to be here has not expressed an interest in signing an extension, when is your hand forced to get compensation for him as opposed to letting him play out the contract and, and then you got the franchise stuff and all that? Um, I mean, if he doesn't force your hand, if he doesn't withhold services, you know what I mean? If he doesn't play the Aaron Rodgers card from a year ago and you think he's coming back, then, I mean, you could trade him with one year left on his deal. Okay. I mean, you could trade him a year from now. You know, if things come to a head a year from now, and again, it's not the season that they had and ownership is mulling macro level changes, you know, then maybe it's a different recruiting pitch to him then, or maybe that is just a natural fork in the road to rebuild. And obviously you would expedite that by getting everything you possibly could for Russell Wilson. What's the difference in compensation a year from now, as opposed to now, you know, same, he's a year older. You have, you're running the risk of, you know what I mean? Of some sort of injury and him, you having to sell a little lower on him because he needs this procedure or that procedure, or, you know what I mean? He, yeah. he got his butt kicked behind a bad offensive line for 17 games. But if he comes out, you know what I mean? But if he's still Russell Wilson, you're going to, whoever trades for him, they're going to, they're going to tear the deal up anyway. So yes, this, now you have a two year filter where it's a little team friendly, but like, I don't think you're waiting all that long to do that extension with Russell Wilson. You're pushing that money into the future, so it gives you a little more wiggle room, I suppose. But it may not be a massive difference, you know? I can't predict the future, but I know, you know what I mean? Right now, he's healthy, and right now, he's running around out there at a, at a Pro Bowl, and everybody can see that he's fine, and he does have two years of team control at team-friendly rate. So it would certainly be the present, I would say, the present day, even coming off what was his worst season with mitigating circumstances, especially if he's the only one out there, if Rodgers does stay put, if Derek Carr's staying put because, you know what I mean, they went and got an experienced head coach, you could certainly enact massive value now. I, I can't tell you with certainty a year from now it would be a little worse, or, you know what I mean, or, or a lot worse. But if Russell, if you held an auction for Russell Wilson right now, you would have at least 20% of this league like in it, bidding war stuff. And what would that mean? Next year, I, don't, I, can't, I can't tell you with certainty. So what would the package be? What could they get if they held a bidding war? What could they get for him? I mean, I, I don't know why you couldn't get three ones and two twos and maybe a player. I don't even know. I mean, I, I would, I mean I'm, I'm not doing anything less than like five or six, you know, legitimate commodities. And if one is an impact player still on his rookie contract, so be it. And how many teams is he willing to play for? I mean, I, I I couldn't like I know where they were last year. We've had a lot of movement. I mean, right now there's still we're you and I are talking. There's still three teams that don't have a coach. So I, I think that you know there could be variables involved. But yeah, I I, I I I couldn't answer that question. Like I don't know who's coaching the New Orleans Saints. Before you run, you talked about racism in the NFL. What will happen with Stephen Ross if it's proved definitively that he was paying off play coaches or offering coaches money to lose games, or nothing will happen? Just a slap on the wrist. It would seem to me that you would not. 
you wouldn't have your, you know, your secretary or your administrative assistant type up a document to put as an addendum to the contract, you know, like appendix H incentives for losing football game. You know, like I don't think that document exists. I, I would not think that there is an email or a text message like, Hey boss, just making sure if we lose to Jacksonville this weekend, yeah. you're slipping me a 100, you know, you're slipping me a hundred grand. Like that would seem to be really odd. And short of that proof, and this isn't the level of proof, like in a court of law, this is a level of proof in the NFL where owners are innocent until proven guilty and often innocent, even if proven guilty, because they're paying the salaries of the people who are deciding who investigates this. I mean, the owners are the league short of some kind of smoking gun. I have a hard time thinking a lot comes of it just because you tell me the owner who's been held to the same standard as a player. It's it's not happening. It's never happening. They are the league. The league office only exists because they pay the salaries of every single person there. Give me a final score. Ooh, I haven't thought a whole lot about it, to be honest with you. Um, You're always among the first people to ask me to predict things. Uh, 27-24, and I, I think that rookie kicker, does okay. something at the end. Okay. I love Jason Lockenfora. I love Jason Lockenfora. CBSSports.com. Read them all week leading into the Super Bowl. Enjoy I don't know about all week, but at least a couple of times. <laughs> don't right. assign me more work. I'm writing three columns this week, damn it. That's it. You can't make me write more. Okay. Well, you could, but you know, I, I, I won't. I won't make you write more. Ladies and gentlemen, on episode 177, I've decided. You better remember this one, Mitch. I, I, I always will. I've decided that 177 is my favorite. When you do, when you do your top 10 list <laughs> yes. of all-time best episodes. Yes, yes. Please consider 177. I will indeed. Thank you, Jason. All right, buddy. Always my pleasure. Hey, let's get an update from Daniels Broiler CEO Lindsey Schwartz in the new year. Happy New Year, Lindsey. How were the holidays for Daniels Broiler? Happy New Year to you, Mitch. Yeah, the holidays were great. We were super busy. All four restaurants started out Thanksgiving and just kind of went all the way through December. And uh, people were celebrating with us, having a great time. It, it really it really felt like the good old days. So we're grateful for that and uh, and happy to keep it rolling. South Lake Union, Leshy, Bellevue open fully and downtown Seattle what? Downtown Seattle is Tuesday through Saturday evenings in the bar only. And that continues to get busier, too. People are finding their way there in the evenings and and having a good time in our bar. And uh, hopefully that continues to get busier as the year goes on. One of the biggest days traditionally, and we all understand why, for Daniel's Broiler, is Valentine's Day. No better place to celebrate Valentine's Day than one of your great locations. This year, it falls on a Monday, and it's weird because Super Bowl Sunday is the day before, right? Yeah, first time ever with the uh, extra game added this year in the NFL. And so we've never been through this before. But uh, yeah, Valentine's Day is always a really busy day. And it's on a Monday, which means it's going to be a really busy weekend. People come in Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. But uh, for those who who make the Super Bowl a priority, just want to give everybody the heads up. Don't make your dinner reservation (laughs) Sunday night if you'd rather be watching the Super Bowl. The other nights are going to fill up quick, Friday, Saturday, Monday. So uh, so jump on it. Traditionally, how long do we have until you're booked on actual Valentine's Day, Monday night. How long do we have to make our reservation? I mean, I would say the first couple weeks of the year, traditionally, Valentine's Day reservations are are booked. Okay, so if you're booked on Monday night when our listeners come to call, 
than uh, Friday or Saturday night, unless you don't care about the Super Bowl, and then you can do you can do Sunday night. Daniel's Broiler CEO Lindsey Schwartz. We love Daniel's Broiler, a world class steakhouse. Unfiltered. This year with consistency. Brown coast to coast. 19 points for Terrell Brown tonight. Mid-February towards the end of March. That's when it all has to come together. You want to be trending in the right direction. Terrell Brown Jr. is going to finish with 30 going two off his career high. Slow start. Boy finished with a great night. Well. The Washington Huskies hoops team was rolling, got to 7-3 and three in conference play. That's when Mitch put the ultimate hex on the squad. <laughs> I, I, asked, uh, I asked original unfiltered co-host Jason Hamilton, Jason D. Hamilton, to visit the show after the Stanford game, thinking that we'd be talking about a, a really hot club. Um, yeah. A blowout loss later, and here we are. Can we still talk about the Huskies, Jay Ham, or no? We can, but it's so funny that you say that because when you asked me to come on, I said, that's the nail in the coffin. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> we're, we're absolutely done. One of these two games, I don't know which uh, one it's going to be because you asked me before before the road trip, you said, hey, can I get you on? Let's, let's do this. I'm like, absolutely. And as soon as that conversation ended, I'm like, we're going we're gonna to lose one of these games that we shouldn't lose. And lo and behold, absolutely spanked by the Cardinal. That's not good. That's a Mitch problem. <laughs> I thought it was a Dejon <laughs> Davis problem. I thought, who's, uh, who's, wait a second, who's more to blame? The injury to Dejon Davis, like, I don't know, six minutes into the game, five minutes into the game, or Mitch Levy asking Jason D to be on the show? Which one is more, carries more weight? If we were in Vegas, the odds maker would have Mitch as the problem. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. But the unfortunateness of that injury really sort of derailed a, a lot for what Washington is and what Washington does. And feel bad for Dejon, obviously, and the only time he's going to go back to play uh, at Stanford. And, you know, he only played a couple of minutes and then, and then the injury to the shoulder. So unfortunate all the way around. And, and certainly his injury – created a lot of other problems for Washington short in their bench and, and um, you know, just wasn't, wasn't the Huskies day. That's for sure. Okay. So they get back on the horse. There's still a lot of games to be played. Speak to me on how you, well, go back in time and explain to me what happened. They were playing such bad basketball. I, I hope that's not overstepping my boundaries. They were playing really not, not good basketball early in the year. Some of those non-conference games were really really ugly in terms of their results and the quality of play. And then all of a sudden they got something rolling about, I don't know, three, four weeks ago. Can you put your finger on it? I can't put my finger on it because it, it really wasn't that they were doing something different. They were doing what they do better. Uh, that's really what changed, right? I mean, we saw in the non-conference, first of all, you cannot lose. And I'm sure coach Hopkins would say that you can't lose to Northern Illinois in the first game. You just simply can't do that. Right. Um, so that set the tone, you know, early for a, a bad loss. Uh, Wyoming lost. People were like Wyoming. And now all of a sudden you look at Wyoming and they're right at the top of the standings 
in the Mountain West Conference, the Huskies lose to them in overtime. Um, but the Winthrop loss was another head scratcher. So it was Washington not being able to put anything together. If they were great defensively, they were horrible offensively. If they could score, they couldn't defend. And what's happened in this latest stretch of winning basketball has been, you know, other than the Stanford game, has been putting uh, a good offensive performance or at least a winnable offensive performance with a winnable defensive performance. And there's a, there's a, a thread that people should be, uh, Mitch Unfiltered listeners should be looking at every single game, and that is the 42% rule. And the 42% rule is this. When Washington shoots better than 42% and or holds their opponent opponent to less than 42%, they win. And that was not the case against Stanford. You know, 51% field goal shooting, 41% from three, uh, just not not good enough defensively. But that's a key stat for Washington, mm. you know, as the season's gone on. 40 to 42% rule, okay? Yes. The 42%, either or now. They either have to shoot 42% or they have to hold the opponent or do they have to do both? No, either or. Either it's, or. It's typically an either or. Yeah. And obviously if and if it's an and, if they're shooting better than 42% and hold the opponent to, you know, less than 42% uh, field goal shooting, then, then it's definitely a win. But it's been either or uh, of late. So when they get to seven and three and they're going into the Stanford game and they, they beat Cal on the Thursday night, are, are there whispers around the pro? Are, are people starting to talk like NCAA tournament? I mean, you look at their portfolio. It's not very good. You look at their net rankings, even though they're seven and three and improved, they're still like 120 something, I think, in the net rankings that the NCAA tournament committee uses. Where people legitimately are people legitimately talking about, well, if they could get to 13, like the questions that I normally ask you. If they can get to yeah. 13 and five, if they can, you know, 13 and five and two wins in the tournament or are people having that conversation with this team or not, not in the program, people might be having that conversation outside of the program, but with the team, their only focus is winning the next game. It's not about, Hey, let's forecast. If we do X, Y, Z, then we have a chance to, or if we get to this point, and do something in the Pac-12 tournament, we can do that. That conversation, I have not heard one bit of that type of conversation. The only conversation is, let's get better, let's win, and then we'll see where we stack up. And which is, I think, is the only approach you can have when you have those, you know, dagger type losses in the non-conference, and your 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 net is only one, whatever it is, one. 25 or I'm not exactly sure what it is today, but um, you know, there's a long way to go to be even having those conversations and no one in the program, uh, at least to my knowledge is having any of those conversations. It's this is the next opponent. Let's get better during the week. Let's go win this game. Okay. So you say that those kinds of conversations are happening outside of the program. What does Jason D Hamilton say to the dude that comes up to you at the whack and says, Hey, hey Oh, seven and three, seven and three. Well, fourteen and four, a couple of wins. <laughs> what do you say to that dude? I, I say, take a step back. Let's, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in the the one, you know, the one game. Uh, play the one in front of you. That's it. Because right. you know, Washington dug themselves such a hole. Yeah. Um. You know, in the non-conference, that you you would have to have um, a pretty miraculous 
conference turnaround to even be having the conversation. Now, listen, if you and I are having this conversation three weeks from now and they've beaten UCLA, USC, Arizona, Arizona State, yeah, that's a whole separate conversation. But right now, you know, you know, coming off a split in the Bay uh, with the Arizona schools in front of you, that that's not a conversation I'd be willing to have. Don't they play the three ranked teams in back-to-back-to-back games so they have an opportunity, right? They do, right? So it's Thursday, Thursday against Arizona State, and then it's Saturday, Arizona, then you go on the road at SC at UCLA. All right, so there you go. There's the opportunity. So now let me ask you the question – that you probably don't want me to ask, but I'll ask it anyway. What does this better basketball stretch? Let's call it a better basketball stretch. What is mm-hmm. this? What does this mean to the health of the program, the future of the program? Everybody, you know, everybody and their brother five weeks ago were like, okay, they're going to make changes. It's going to be, they're going to rebuild. They're going to bring a new coach in. Does any of this better basketball stretch change any of that in your estimation? Well, it's a fair question, and I'm I'm going to answer it. So I just want to make sure that you understand <laughs> that I'm I'm not dodging the the question. Okay. And the reason why I'm even setting it up is because, in my personal opinion, with no conversation with anybody that matters, that's actually a part of the decision, is I don't think Hop's job was on the line then and i don't think it's on the line now now people could be saying that's ridiculous and there should be this or it could be that i'm telling you what i think i i don't think jennifer cohen was thinking about firing mike hopkins you know after the winter loss and i don't think she's thinking about firing mike hopkins after the stanford loss so it hasn't changed in my opinion how's that for an answer which means If you are a gambling man, which we know you are about the furthest thing from a gambling man that I've ever spoken to in my 54 years on this (laughs) on this planet. But if you were a gambling man and forced to to make a pick of whether Hop will be back in 22, 23, you would not hesitate. He would say yes. He will be back in 22, 23. Okay. We can't stop without talking about the story of the Washington basketball program, which everybody is talking about, not only here, but everywhere else. And that's Terrell Brown Jr. Mm -hmm. I got to understand. I mean, by now, everybody knows the story. If you don't, Garfield Wright Community College, Seattle, you walk on, plays great there, goes to Arizona for a year, now back at Washington. Leading scorer in the Pac-12. He's going to be first-team All-Pac-12. Probably won't be Pac-12 player of the year, but he'll be first-team All-Pac-12. He does it all on Sunday against Stanford. 30 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 5 steals. That's a Mitch Levy. That's a Mitch Levy type of line from 1983 or 82. I'm just saying. That's a Mitch Levy stat line minus 26 points, <laughs> minus six rebounds. But yeah, How many can I take away to get the Mitch to, to the Levy line? It's a far cry, you know, from the shorty short shorts and the missed layup. <laughs> so, yeah. So explain, I mean, you probably, I went to see those Garfield games when Noel played. I don't remember Brown. Maybe I... 
missed him by a year, whatever. When 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 Michael Porter Jr. was playing at Hale, and you had Noel and Davis playing at Garfield, was Brown on that team? Yes. How do I not remember him? Because he was who he is right now, but younger and deferred more. Um, and he wasn't. And the other part about that is he wasn't better than those guys, especially as a as a younger player. He was always very, you know, pass first, very solid defender. That kind of a, a kid, the kind of kid that you want on a team that's going to help run a team. He's going to give you good minutes. He's going to play great defense. Um, you know, he never was a knockdown, knockdown shooter. Like right now we see him from three point range, not being a great three point shooter, but he has evolved into a guy with his toughness and his ability to get in the lane and finish as one of the best scorers in college basketball and a guy that's a throwback player and that he'll mid range you to death. I don't know where this team would be without a Mitch. If I'm being quite honest, he's just been a, a fantastic addition. ESPN.com says he's six three. I was watching on Sunday trying to figure out how big he is. He ain't six three, is he? Uh, I don't think he is. I mean, I mean, is he, is he, I, I've not really stood next to him in a way where, I mean, I've stood next to him a lot of times, but never where I'm thinking he's taller than me, and I am just over six feet tall. Is there a place for him in the NBA next year? <laughs> That's tough. That's really tough because his game, you know, and this is not a knock when I say this. There's a lot of players in the history of basketball who have been fantastic college players whose game doesn't necessarily translate to the NBA. And I think, I think Terrell is one of those guys where, you know, for this level and what he does, he is one of the best at it to do that. Uh, and get away with that in the NBA. I don't really see that, but he's a guy that can make a great living playing basketball and probably not in the association. Okay. Um, I'm sorry that I did to them what I did uh, in the Stanford game. I apologize. (laughs) Yeah. Next time. Can we, yes. Can we revisit along, you know, I know you do clips and when you post and you do excerpts of your guests on the show. Yeah. And by the way, I'm super, I'm super proud of the show. Just, just as a side note, I think it's, it's amazing. And I'm really glad to see its success. Uh, But I need you to, to post your, your stat line (laughs) along with this interview in a tweet so that we can really get down to the, the stat stuffing Mitch Levy that uh, we all know and love. You know what they like to say? They like to say that in 1985, Mitch Levy averaged about, I don't know, seven or eight a game, and it would have been 40 if there was a three-point line. That's what I like to say. I, I just, yeah, I that's the best I can do for you. Was that seven or eight minutes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the grief I take, ladies and gentlemen. There he is. Our guy, Jason Hamilton, who's going to come on the next time after wins, not just after losses. He's going to come on after Washington wins. Great to hear your voice. My best to you and your family. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Mitch. When one of the nation's leaders in the mortgage business, Cross Country Mortgage, wanted to set up shop in Kirkland, They immediately called Mitch Unfiltered sponsor Jordan Flowers and acquired his entire team. So that's the way it's done. And here he is, the former East Lake and Washington State wide receiver, Jay Flo in the house. 
Hi, J-Flo. Hey, how are you, Mitch? Mitchie Thank the you kid. for the kind of... Mitchie, Mitchie the, the kid. <laughs> Mitchie the kid. The slicker. Oh, I love it. Uh, oh. How would you say the first year is going at Cross Country? And you've got a lot of news and notes on rates and limits and second homes. Lay that stuff on us. Yes, absolutely. Lots of news coming out. Interest rates are going up to get in front of the inflationary curve that we're all kind of seeing, experiencing, hearing about in the news. Loan limits have gone up to 647000 nationally for a Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac back loan. So anybody looking to buy a home in the 700000 range is looking yeah. at three to 5% down at this point, hoping to make home ownership more possible. And there are a lot of good estimations as far as even your home values increasing this year from the National Mortgage Bankers Association, five, six, 10% again in this market based it, off supply and demand. Jordan, if our homeowners are like me, they auto pay their mortgage every month and hardly ever take a look at their interest rates and opportunities to save money. So let's say I'm in year eight of a 30-year fix. I've got great credit. My rate's 4.5%. All right, I want to stay in a 30-year. What could a seven-minute call with either you or a member of your team yield me? Yes, well, we can yield you several hundred dollars a month in savings, yeah. depending on what you want to do. If it's a 30-year fix you're looking for, rates are still much lower than 4.5. If you're looking at a 20-year, we can shorten the term and still save you two, three, four hundred dollars $400 a month, potentially. So we would look at 15, 20, 25, and 30-year options for you based on what your ultimate goals are. Phone number to reach you? 425-890-2957. The Kirkland Office of Cross Country Mortgage. Give them a call. See what Jordan Flowers' team can do for you. If the answer is nothing, you're only out seven minutes. That's not a lot. We love Cross Country Mortgage. We love Jordan Flowers. Great sponsors of Mitch Unfiltered. Unfiltered. Fourth and two. Adams the quarterback. Empty backfield. Throws, looking for Cooper Cup. Touchdown, Eastern Washington. Third and 20. Stafford going for goal. He's got a wide open man. It's Cooper Cup who gets free. And Cup rolls all the way to the end zone. You know, as we count down the days and the hours until Super Bowl 56 in L.A., the hype machine is operating in full force. Some of us can't get enough of the Cooper Cup story. Certainly, you know it by now. Yakima, Washington, Eastern Washington University because he couldn't convince the biggies to give him a shot. And now, one of the greatest seasons by a wide receiver in NFL history. Here's the man who said, hell yeah, come to Eastern. The Eagles' former head coach and current head man at Cal Poly, Bo Baldwin, is our guest on Mitch Unfiltered. How are you, Bo? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you on. I got a kick out of a recent California Central Coast article where the writer approached Cal Poly students on campus to inform them that their head coach successfully recruited Cup. Did you see that article? <laughs> I did. I did. Or I, I should say I saw like the interviews on Twitter or uh, something where the the kids were being interviewed on campus. So yeah, it was pretty funny. Oh, so, so one guy says that's crazy knowing that he recruited him. That's awesome. Uh, one guy said, it makes me kind of want to go to the games more now. Uh, one guy says, <laughs> I, I think it means our program is heading in the right direction. Another guy says it gives us hope for the future. And hopefully right now on campus, 
is walking around the next Cooper Cup. So I need to know, do you have the next Cooper Cup there at Cal Poly on campus right now or not, Coach? Uh, I don't think anyone should try to make that claim. <laughs> you know, so it's uh, we have a lot of great football players, and I'm excited about it. But uh, you'd have to do a lot before someone – Someone makes that comparison. Do me a favor. When you get one, call me so I can tell the Seahawks so they don't miss out this next time around, okay? We tried to tell them. I'm just telling you. I'll go back to that. Yeah. <laughs> no. <ahead. laughs> it's like anything, though. It's it's not a science. Yeah. No one's ever. That's why I laugh. You know, the people are, you know, how can you be wrong? How could, you know, we've all gone down that road. You know, how could so many teams miss on Tom Brady? It's just, it's not a science. Yeah. And sometimes guys develop later. It's just what it is. 6,464 yards in four years at Eastern. 428 catches. Ridiculous numbers over four years. 73 touchdowns. He obliterated every record that there was to break. I know you've been asked a million times, so I'm sorry to be a million and one. Go back to when you saw Cooper for the first time at high school and tell that story, Coach. Yeah, the first time I really saw him was at our football camps. Back there, uh, you know, at Cheney, Washington, back there on the grass fields, mm-hmm. same fields the Seahawks used to practice on, you know, year after year. And I and we had Davis High School there, um, and we had another local guy, guy that I played high school football with that went on to play at WSU and Jay Dumas, who's a name that you know Washington State people know of and Curtis Hyde, um, and he was his position coach there at. Uh, so I had a relationship already with him, and that was the first time I really saw him. And I I want to say sophomore in high school. Um, I think that's correct because it was, it definitely wasn't going into a senior year. And I think it was as young as sophomore. And he, he, Jay was the first one kind of talked to me about him. And then at the time he was small, he was, you know, he was just, he wasn't developed yet. And he was a late bloomer anyway, mm-hmm. even from his junior to senior year. Um, but you saw a lot of those same intangibles and obviously they got better and better each year. And and Coach Dumas talked to us about those same intangibles, too. So it was pretty cool. How do you figure that his grandfather's alma mater, the UW, didn't have any interest even in speaking with him in those days? You know, again, I think it's always easy for us to Monday morning quarterback anything. Yes. I mean, you can go back on anyone. How did no one, you know, how did no one have any interest in, in Aaron Rodgers? You know, I mean, because Cal was the only one. He went to Butte, you know, how did no one have interest in Josh Allen? You know, I think he had one. So it's, I think that's always easy. And I'll be the first to admit if I'm on one side of things, I might've been at UW and wondered too, if you go back to that film. So everyone ends up where they're, it ends up being the right fit. Things happen for a reason. And quite honestly, Coop would probably be the first to tell you the jumps he made from his junior year to senior year were huge. Just even just in his body and his development. And so when you're at the highest level, a lot of times your signing classes are done before you even see a, you know, a student athlete, because they have to be, because you're in competition with everyone in the spring before their senior year to get those commits and to get all those locked in. So, like I said, it's easy for us to come back and say those things, but a lot of people in those same situations that are, you know, complaining about UW would be in the same spot and maybe made the same decision at that time. And you redshirted him his freshman year, right? We did. And that was, that was less about our thought. That was more about in meeting with Cooper, meeting with Craig and his family, his father, they had a serious interest in redshirting. And we happened to be, we happened to be a club that at the time we had three, 
I mean, three, literally three All-American receivers that were seniors the same year Coop was coming in as a freshman. Now, don't get me wrong. He still could have contributed quite a bit as a true freshman, but he truly did redshirt, which is crazy to think back on now. But again, all things happen for a reason. And, uh, you know, and the, those three senior receivers all, all ended up in NFL camps. So while he was a freshman redshirting and going through that year, he was just developing that, you know, just one more year of development for him, which that guy just put his head down and grinded. Having seen what you've seen and having coached what you coached, Bo, is the assumption that he would have hit big time in the Pac-12 or would it have depended upon the offensive system, the quarterback, and all those intangibles around him, do you think? He would hit big time anywhere. Anywhere. I mean, he would have. I mean, again, I I don't blame, you know, plays or don't look back and go, why didn't they? You know, because I, I understand it's it's not a science and it's hard. But whatever program he went into, I don't, and, and now same thing in the NFL. Whatever NFL club he would have been drafted by, you know, I know certain places make it a little more friendly for certain positions than others. I get that. But that guy was going to be successful and be a high-volume catch guy no matter where he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we played against those Pac-12 teams, more often than not, probably almost every time, he was sometimes the best player on the football field, period. I'm so gonna, he definitely would have uh, done just fine. Don't think I'm not going to ask you about September 6, 2014. We'll get to that in a second. But was there a watershed moment as you think back to his, what, five years at Eastern Washington, like a game or a performance or a, a catch or a, a practice that you can circle? No, I, I wouldn't say there was a watershed moment because he was just so productive as a freshman, as a sophomore, yeah, you know, in 2013 and 2014, that you were just, as a coach, you were just hoping that you were going to be able to coach him for four years, you know, and that his junior year wasn't, you know, five years, really counting his red shirt. And his junior year wasn't going to be his final year, which yeah. it easily could have been. And I wouldn't have blamed him at all if he, you know, and he had talks about whether or not he was going to come back for his senior year, but it was just so important to him to go after a national title, to finish with the guys he came in with and redshirted with in that 2012 class, you know, just so many things from a team standpoint were more important than anything else. And he risked, you know, you risk something doing that, you know, because had he come out as a junior, I don't know that he would have been drafted much differently. You know, a lot of the same things would have gone the same way. Now looking at it now, you know, all things happen for a reason. McVeigh gets hired or after what was Cooper's senior year and drafts him there and the rest is history. So, but, uh, but yeah, I was just excited junior to senior year to get to get to be around him for another year in our program. You remember where you were September 6, 2014 coach. I think we're at the Husky stadium. <laughs> I've had Vernon Adams on the show to reminisce. Uh, you won't soon forget that one. I was there. I was in the stands, eight catches, 145 yards, three touchdowns, I believe against some NFL first-round draft choices at corner. Yeah, no, no. Marcus Peters was a heck of a player, and they had others, too. I mean, that whole defense. I think Shaq was on that defense. Danny, I think of Shelton, if I remember correctly. I mean, they just, they were, that was a good defense. You know, so what Coop was able to do out there was special. And you brought up Vernon. I mean, I I still to this day, and I know I'm getting off subject, but I'm, I'm not sure. You know, we didn't win the game, but I'm not sure if I've been around, 
you know, in coaching a, a stronger quarterback performance in a ball game than what Vernon did that day as well. So that was, that was a fun moment. I mean, we'd love to win the ball game, but to go in there and, and compete like that was, uh, was a lot of fun. I asked a lot of Husky fans on social media after that Vernon Adams interview, I asked a lot of Husky fans, what was the greatest individual performance by an opposing team player at Husky Stadium? Mm-hmm. And not many of them came up with, there was a couple, there was a Maurice Jones-Drew game, there were a couple, but uh, the Vernon Adams game, and it's okay that it's off subject, the Vernon Adams game coach, hard to top, what was it, six, seven touchdowns, 500 yards, something crazy, incredible. Yeah, no, I think it was, I think it was seven. And yeah, and it was just, God. yeah, he wasn't missing <laughs> throwing off platforms and that. And that's fun as a play caller and a coach when your guy's doing that. I mean, cause at the end of the day, it's about those, those guys, you know, and you just appreciate so much, you know, just having a chance to coach them and, and seeing, seeing them put their best out there. Mike Holmgren used to tell me coach that every now and again, as a talent evaluator, You've got to be willing to be open to the idea of recognizing a, quote, football player, just a football player, and ignore the measurables, the height, the weight, how fast, how high he jumps. You just got to be able to say, hey, that just on film looks like a football player, and I want football players. Were you surprised at third round, or did you think that's about right? You know, uh, no, I definitely didn't think it's about right because I believed he was going to be a, an 80, 90, 100 catch guy okay. year in and year out. Yeah. I just believed he was. So I thought they could work up into that number one receiver role on a, you know, depending on where. I'm not saying I was surprised, but I definitely don't think, even at the time, I know it's easy to say now, but at the time, I didn't think he was va- being valued like he should be valued, you know, because I just think too often we're, we're just caught waiting for the spandex Olympics in Indianapolis in February, instead of really looking at how well a dude's moving on the football field. Mm-hmm. Devonte Adams looked back at his combine. I kind of studied some of those receivers and looked at how they're coming out. And he was thought of as going to be a possession receiver and da da da, and good second or third round draft pick. When you look back. So, I mean, it's, I just think you just have to, like what you said about Mike Holmgren, you have to watch the film and you have to decide, is he fast? Not wait to see what he runs a 40 and to tell me if he's fast or not, but truly valid. If you don't think he's fast enough off film, I get it, respect it. But I just always felt like he was, he was as fast as dang near anyone he was up against, including in those Pac-12 games. So, and he's kind of showing it now. So that's, it's awesome for Coop. Do you keep in touch coach? I do. I do. Uh, you know, uh, leaving him alone lately. I mean, holy cow. <laughs> um, but we, we texted back and forth doing this during the season, texted back and forth before the season. I still talk a little crap that he's not going to beat me in golf ever, <laughs> no matter how much he spends on lessons or fancy clubs. So it's good. We just have a good little competitive banter. It's always fun, man. He's just such a great person, great family. So it's, it was just fun to be able to develop that relationship and now, you know, just keep it going. Well, you did great. You did great with him. You've done great with a lot of other guys. Maybe he'll be the Super Bowl MVP on Sunday. I'll just leave you with this, Coach, because I don't think you can say these numbers enough. As he heads into the Super Bowl, his 2021 season so far, including the playoffs, 170 catches this year, 2,333 yards this year, and 20 touchdowns. I, 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 yeah. there have been, a, there have been an incredible array of great receivers 
Jerry, I don't know that Jerry Rice have ever had a season with Joe Montana like that. No, I've never. I've, I've just I've never seen anybody's playoff statistics, you know, coupled with their regular season. Yeah. You know, if you were to go back and look at Rice or, you know, Randy Moss when he went to that Super Bowl, I know they didn't win it. You know what his regular season with this, but yeah. So I'd be hard pressed to think anything was any more than that. I mean, that's it's unreal. It really is. Thanks for joining us. Good luck at Cal Poly. It's great to visit with you again. Great to hear your voice again, Coach. Mitch, awesome. Appreciate you having me on. Well, it's a new year, and that means a new story for Mitch as it pertains to my quizzes from Katie Versio, Senior Financial Planner, Evergreen Golf Call. Katie, how are you? I'm doing well, Mitch. How are you? I'm good, and I'm feeling like 2022 is going to be my year to do better than like 0 for 3 and 1 for 3. What is the theme of the three questions this time around. So the theme today is what has the market been doing so far this okay. year? So right. seeing how close you've been paying attention. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so true or false Oh. through January 21st, the stock market is up on the year. Oh, that's definitely false. You're right. Okay. It's false. It's down about 8% through the first few weeks of the year. It's been a lot more volatility than we've seen recently. A lot of that is due to the rising COVID cases. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, there's some geopolitical risks that are going on, as well as the threat of rising interest rates in the future. All so right. overall, it's been a lot more volatile than, than we've seen recently. A rough start to 2022 for the stock market. Question number two, Katie. The bond market is up on the year. Is that true or false? I'm going to say true because when equities go down, bonds typically go up. So I'll say true. Uh, so that was a bit of a trick question oh. for you. It's actually false. The bond market is down about 1% this year. So that is the conventional wisdom when stocks go down, bonds go up, but it's been an environment we're looking at rising interest rates and that's been really impacting the bond market as well. All right, I'm one for two. I really need this one to get off to a good start this year in your eyes. So what's question number three? In a previous quiz, we discussed that the market measured by the S&P 500 has not had a correction since March of 2020. What percent down from peak to trough is officially considered a correction? Is it down 5%, down 10, 15, or 20%? I'm throwing out the extremes 5 and 20. This is what I did when I was back in school and I didn't know answers. So either B or C, I'll go, I'll go 15%. Ooh, it's actually 10. You were very close. We haven't seen a correction of 10% since March of 2020. The market's down about 8% right now. Okay. So now is the time for our evergreen clients. We're reaching out. If people have been in cash or wanting to get more aggressive, now with the market approaching that correction territory, it's a time that we're thinking about that for our clients. So here I am in 2022 starting off. Right where I left off in 21, one out of three, batting 333. But we still love Evergreen Golf Call. We love Katie Versio. They're a great partner. Evergreen is everything wealth. Unfiltered. Okay, episode 177, the other stuff segment, Hot Shots Guy. One for the older cats like us. On day three of the Winter Olympics, America's biggest victory might have come not on a frozen half pipe in China, but in the warm waves of the Bonsai Pipeline thousands of miles away in Hawaii. Kelly Slater, you see this? No. That Kelly Slater, he won the it's surfing's biggest, biggest like tournament of the year. He's 49 years old. What does this have to do with the Olympics? 
Well, that I think most people were more excited about Kelly Slater than the Cockamamie oh, Olympics okay. is what I was trying okay. to say. Okay. The win belonged to Florida man, Kelly Slater. He's one of yours. Yeah. The surfing we'll great. He turns 50. Actually, he just, just turned 50. And he defeated a rider less than half his age to capture one of the sport's iconic events, the Billabong Pro Pipeline near the renowned reef off of Oahu. And Kelly Slater, by the way, who did he used to date for a little trivia? Does that name sound familiar at all? He's had Kelly a, Slater? Yeah. Does the name Kelly Slater... Sound familiar? Yeah. yeah, I know the name Kelly Slater. You do? Yeah, I think I've seen him in celebrity golf tournaments. Okay. I think I knew that he was a surfer. Yeah, that's not a, a foreign name to he me. Used but, to date. but you're asking me who he used to date. He that's did. gonna that's another level. Pamela Anderson. You're kidding. Who didn't? <laughs> not Isn't me. Is there a movie coming out about her? <laughs> it's out. Her and Tommy Lee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on Hulu, I want to say. Oh, have you seen it yet? I can't get to it. I, I just oh <laughs> I just finished. You can't get to it. There's there's too much. Tinder swindler is that what it's called y no no but that's that's the one i just watched it oh tinder swindler tinder swindler i think that's the name you have to get to that where where do i watch is that netflix netflix what is tinder swindler it's about a guy who used the app tinder yes to trick these women into thinking he's uh the son of a diamond billionaire <laughs> and he was kind of running a ponzi like i'm ripping her money off to pay for this woman wait a and second wait a second oh He's it wasn't just to date these women. It was to take their money. It was both. Yes. It was. He was swindling oh. these women. Tinder swindler. I loved it. On I was, Netflix. How many hours do I have to invest in this? I think it's six, maybe. Really? I, I think. Okay. I think I'll do it. I got to. Oh, it's. I was Tinder intrigued by swindler. It. Yeah. And then, you know, at some point he's alive. So they try to track him down and that's oh. all. I love that kind of stuff. But this guy pulled off one of the most amazing. Oh, and they never caught him? He's never, got, he's well, never paid the price? I don't, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to spoil alert. it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Tinder swindler. So Tinder no, swindler. I haven't gotten to Pam Tommy and Lee. Tommy, but yeah. I'm going to get there eventually. Did you know that there's a new golf league that's being formed or being talked about? Did you know this? I didn't know there was Just still a rival golf the PGA. No, I didn't know that. Well, the PGA Tour has had, this has happened before. There okay. have been other kind of fledgling some usfls have popped up some money some money people have come up and said hey we're gonna do this it's never quite major apparently there's a Sa there's a saudi arabian uh backed greg norman is involved oh, okay they've hired greg norman to be kind of the face of it and they're talking about compete a competing tour to the pga tour and they're wondering if they can get guys from the pga tour to leave the PGA Tour, not play PGA Tour events anymore. And right. I don't know if that means Masters, U.S. Uh, Opens. I, I don't know if it includes the majors. But no PGA Tour events. Come over and play our, and I don't know if they're going to be over there, over here, whatever. The Saudi Arabian Tour. They've offered my buddy, Bryson DeChambeau, yeah. $135 million smackers to go over and play there to leave the PGA Tour. I'm packing tonight. That's the report. I don't I'm, know if it's true or not. but I'm that, packing tonight if somebody offers me that to leave the PGA Tour. Now, wait a second. Remember, they're not offering you this. They're <laughs> offering Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah. So if you are you have to put yourself in Bryson DeChambeau's feet. No, I don't. I'm packing. Shoes. No, no don't. yes, you do. Okay, go ahead. I, what, what if I told you you make $100 million a year right now in endorsements and PGA Tour money, all the things that come along with the PGA Tour, that might, I mean, you're, you're speaking like Hotshot Scott who does a Fakakta podcast with Mitch Levy. <laughs> he ain't okay. making a 135 in the PGA Whatever Tour. he's making, he's making a lot more than you are. Fine. He, he's, in, he's in fine financial standing right now. He's one of the top billing golfers out there. Okay. He's in a lot of commercials. He's doing a lot of endorsements. Okay. He's making a ton of money. And he's cashing I would, checks? I, and he's cash and check. Okay. I, I would not be surprised if a guy like that were making 
were making 50, 50 million a year. Now okay. this is this is one hundred thirty-five million over a bunch of years. Okay, not a year, one hundred thirty-five a year. One hundred thirty-five okay. million, according to the report. We'll slide you a check for 135. You leave the PGA Tour and promise to play here for the next five years or whatever it is. You better cash it quickly because that league will be gone in like two years, right? You better go get your money. Make sure it clears because that, that league's probably not going to be here. Oh, you said that they've tried it before. Yeah. I don't know if they have tried it before, but people have Other tried people it. Other people have tried it, it, it yeah. PGA Tour is a tough thing. Well, so are they suggesting doing it at the same time or opposite yeah. it? No, no, the no. exact same time. Yeah, I think so. Woo. It's tough. They're going after a lot of people. And is he the only name that's come out that they're going after? So oh, they're far? going after everybody. Even Phil Mickelson's talking about it at his wow. ripe old age of 50 or 51. He's annoyed with the PGA Tour, so he's been saying, you know, if the PGA Tour doesn't change its ways, we're all going to jump ship. Oh, we're going to yeah. bail and go over there. Phil Mickelson's annoyed with something? Yes, he okay. is. Okay, that happens from time to time with him? Yes. Okay. He claims, uh, Phil Mickelson claims that when he signs to do these pay-per-view deals, Yeah like against Tiger Woods Tom or Brady the and Tom Brady stuff, thing, yeah. that the PGA Tour makes him pay them a million or two million bucks just to be able to play in that thing. Wow. And it bothers him. I could see that kind of bothering yeah. you a bit. He made $10 million in one of them. Okay. And then he had to cut PGA the, a check the PGA for Tour. Million? He claims he had to cut the PGA Tour in on the deal. Hmm. Yeah, I'd be a little annoyed by <laughs> that, too. <laughs> I'll give you a little finder's fee for letting me build my name in your league. Here's 25 grand. That's exactly right. Uh, Former NBA star Lamar Odom. Yes. Said he pooped his celebrity big brother bed in a moment caught on the show's live feed. He did what? He's in a show called Celebrity Big Brother. I know a big brother, but I don't know Celebrity Big Brother. By the way, crazy that show's still on Big Brother. I mean, it's been on for like, I don't know, 20 So is Survivor. I know, both of them. Yeah. People still love that yeah. stuff. So he said, I just let the world know I took a shit in my bed. Odom, 42, said to a fellow contestant who, uh, according to TMZ, was figure skater uh, Mirai Nagasu. Don't know that. Me either. But when met with disbelief, he confirmed the incident and said he had to clean it up in front of the world. Because Big Brother, I think you could just go oh online God. and watch it 24 hours a day. He, so he said that he's got like IBS and some issues. He said the late night snack of beef jerky, candy, and warm milk was a stomach ache waiting to happen. And clearly it Lamar was. Lamar Odom. Yeah, he's he's had his struggles since he left the NBA. He was with the Kardashians. He was with Chloe. I want to say. Was he? Yeah. Married? Uh, I think they were married. Yeah. Oh. When he was on the Lakers, I want to say. Yeah, anyway, so Lamar Odom's still trying to make a buck on Big Brother, and he's pooping his pants in front of everyone. Well, you've got Lamar Odom, and I got Halle Berry. She has foot, she has finally, <laughs> she has finally addressed the rumor, which I never heard before, by the way. I like it when people address rumors that everybody else knows except for me. I know this one. You did? Yeah. It's been going around for a while. Apparently, there's a rumor going around that she's got six toes. <laughs> right. Which, who cares? The beautiful right. Halle Berry, though, the wonderfully talented Halle Berry, the Academy Award winning, I think. I think yes. You're right. Monsters Ball. Everybody Loves Me was her speech, remember? I think that was her. Monsters or, Ball. Or was that Sally Field? Yeah, Monsters Ball. With, Monsters Ball. That's right, yeah. She does not have six toes like everybody thinks <laughs> okay, she does. Okay, good. Now I, can I remember that there was a picture for the Florida Marlins. Alfonseca or Alfon. Uh, somebody will correct me. Something. I remember he had six fingers yeah. on both hands, and I believe six toes on both feet. I think he was he was he had twenty four. What do you call them? Appendages? Yeah. Was that confirmed or is that just another? Urban no, no, no. I, I saw them. You did? He, yeah. Oh, yeah. He came over and showed you? No, I mean I saw pictures. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Did it help him at all in the game, in baseball? Ah, split finger fastball. <laughs> New meaning. Didn't look the same. <laughs> but Halle Berry only has five toes. Well, that's I don't good know if, to that, know. if that's yeah, okay. That's there's a lot of those out there. Yeah, the just the Jamie Lee Curtis thing. Oh, that that's that real. That she's part man that is. That's totally real. 
that she's part male and part female. Is that right? Yeah, Something like that. It's more that she. I, okay, so she's here. got male parts. Well, I think she was. She has something called testicular feminization syndrome (TFS). Don't know what that is. Me neither, really. But I think that I, I think she was born with testicles and ovaries. She was born with testicles. I think. Now and then, I think at some point, like testicles, testicles, like outward. I think inward, exterior testicles. I'm not a physician. I don't know. I just remember hearing that she had was born with both, and then one sort of takes over. This woman who did that scene in True Lies has testicles. (laughs) You know who her mom is, don't you? Love her mom. Uh, Who's Jamie Lee Curtis's mom? I do know this. Yep. This the original Scream Queen. Who is it? Janet Lee from Janet Psycho. Janet Lee. Yeah. Tony Curtis, her father? I think so, yeah. I think that's right. Oh. Yeah, she grew up rich. And then so there's the there's the Jamie Lee Curtis rumors. Yep. There was a Richard Gere rumor going around. Is that true? It's crazy. Something how these, about a gerbil? Something about a gerbil. All right. It's crazy how these rumors just don't go away. Like it's like, But they're not true. I know, but nonetheless, it's been like Maybe 40 the Jamie years. Lee, you think the Jamie Lee Curtis one's true? I think there's something there with you her. Think she has I don't testicles. know if she was born with both parts necessarily, okay. but there is something there. With How that. about Mikey from the, the serial commercial? Life, you know, let's get Mikey. He oh, likes he'll, everything. He likes everything, yeah. Did he die of Pop Rocks and Coke? <laughs> I don't think he did. I think he's probably still alive as a matter of is fact. Is he? Get him on the show. Oh, I He's like it. my age. Are you? Uh, your age got to be older than you. Yeah, probably a little older, but I was a kid when I he was I want growing. Mikey on the show, Mitch Unfiltered. Yes. Is he really alive? I thought he died because he mixed Pop Rocks and, and Coca-Cola. Yeah, we all thought that as kids. But I'm pretty sure he's still alive. I all think right. I would have heard that. Uh, let me just see. You say if, so. I thought he was dead for years. From the Pop Mikey Rocks from, and Coke. From Pop Rocks and Coke. <laughs> let me see if he's still alive. <laughs> Little Mikey was played by John Gilchrist, born yeah, born February uh, 1968. So he's six years older than me, and it doesn't say that he's dead. So I think he's still around. <laughs> what did you say about Rod Stewart? Yeah, there was a Rod Stewart one. He had to have his stomach pumped because there was uh, a lot of male fluids in that stomach of his from being intimate with uh, another fella. So the, you don't, you never heard the Rod Stewart no, one? No, I have not heard that one. Really? That no. didn't make its way to Florida? No. <laughs> wow. Maybe I was too busy reading the one about Mikey. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm actually curious if, if anyone else, maybe that was just my neighborhood. I feel like everyone was talking about the, the Rod Stewart one. Oh, all right. Yeah, there's been a yeah, I don't know about the Rod Stewart one. No, all right. I didn't hear that one. Um, Whoopi Goldberg, should we bring it up or no? Would you rather be Whoopi Goldberg or Joe Rogan? See, Go. I haven't really, uh, you know, Joe Rogan is one of those names that is always in the news yeah. and I kind of ignore him. I kind of tune it out. So I don't, there's a Spotify thing yep. and he said something. I think he used the N word. I know about that. That's a separate but, thing. Yeah. But what, what, give me, can you give it to me in a, in a, yeah. in a real thumbnail version? So a lot, a lot of people think he spreads disinformation on his podcast. I know that. Okay. About, yeah. So okay. people started pulling their music. Like Neil Young was first. Now whose podcast is more popular? Mine or his? Uh, it's Ours gross. or his? By the way, if he gets booted off Spotify, can we have a spot? Can we get right up on there? Just throw us right on Spotify. We're on Spotify. Not for 100 million, we're not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we're not. Unless I don't know something. <laughs> oh, I think you I thought you were just saying, could Spotify send out our show? We're available on Spotify. Yeah, but I think he's exclusive. I see. That's why he gets all that money. Okay. Anyway, so yeah. people started pulling their music off, saying, if you're going to have Joe Rogan on this podcast, I don't want to be associated with it. So Neil Young, yeah. uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, uh, Joni Mitchell, nobody under like 70, I don't think, but I mean, there's probably some more. So people want to pull their music off because of his mm-hmm. views. And then mm-hmm. somebody found a video of him saying the N-word a few times. And he's since come out and did a video apologizing for that. Yeah, I see how that looks and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, it's, it's been a rough couple of weeks for Joe. Is he going to get canceled? 
I, people are trying. I don't know. I mean, Spotify paid him a lot of money. So are they just going to eat it? I mean, he's got a, as we know, he's got a lot of listeners. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what Spotify wants to do. They, they wrote a big check for him. So they, they've stuck by him so far. Like Neil Young threatened to pull his music and Spotify's like, we'll help you with that. Well, Whoopi Goldberg, who said that the Holocaust was not about race. Yeah. Was not fired from The View. Suspended. She was, she was suspended for two weeks yep. for her on-air comments. And uh, a lot of people are like, other other newscasters would lose their job over this. Why is Whoopi Goldberg not losing her job? Well, she's not a newscaster, first she's of all. She's not a newscaster. Right. I think I, there's the a big difference between yeah, what sure. she does in newscasts. Yeah, right? she's paid to give her opinions and whether you and agree she with has since, or not. she has since apologized. Okay. She was misinformed. Oh, she was. She claims she was misinformed. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's very hurtful. Hurtful to a lot of people. A lot of people with <sighs> descendants, a lot of people with family that either survived or didn't survive the Holocaust to hear Whoopi Goldberg say it wasn't about race. Hitler did not consider the Jewish people a different race. It was about human. She said it was about inhumanity, just oh. inhumanity, man against man. It had nothing to do with race. So he was very open-minded, Hitler. And it's just very sad to me. I don't know that I have an opinion of whether she should be fired or not. I kind of look at that a little differently because of what happened to me. Well, and the free speech thing and all that, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's easy to just go fire somebody. I think right. maybe we make more headway in terms of education. That's right. If we suspend rather than dismiss. Right. And then we provoke a conversation maybe to to educate younger people. Right. It is a little bit sad to think that somebody of Whoopi Goldberg's, of her age, of her experiences, of yeah. her relationships, it's just sad to me to think that she really thought that. That's hard to hear. Like South Park just did an episode about the word Nazi and how it gets thrown around more, a lot more now than I feel like it used to. That was like a... Like, you couldn't compare anything to a Nazi, but now you hear it all the time. I got to wear a mask. What is this, Nazi Germany? Yeah. Like, don't you feel like you hear that a lot more than you used to, that uh, word? I don't know. South Park did a whole thing on it. I kind of agree with them. People, like, you can't, I don't know. I don't feel like you get to use that as an example for really anything because there's been nothing that horrific, right? Yeah. But people love, like, throwing, talking about the Holocaust. I don't know. It just yeah. feels like it's different than when I was younger. Okay. I don't all know. Right. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you care about the, the nominees for the class of 2022? No, but I'll listen. <laughs> I really don't care. Eminem, you're a big fan. You'll yeah. see him at the Super Bowl, Mathers, by the way. Jerry Mathers. Yes, Jerry Mathers is correct. Yeah. It's uh, Marshall. Marshall. Yes, Marshall Mathers. Yeah. Uh, he's like the for sure lock. He leads the class. He'll be in. Yeah. It also includes. Is this the first year he's eligible? He's been out five years. <laughs> I think it's 25 after your first record. I okay. Think. Right. Uh, Beck, who you probably don't know. Yeah, I do. Pat Benatar. Yeah, you did a thing on her. Nominated. Yeah. She better get in. Kate Bush, who's like Don't know royalty who in England. Don't know who that is. It's like Paul McCartney, David Bowie, Kate Bush in no that order. I know, Bush. it's crazy. She yeah. never, ever hit it off in the U.S. Okay. She had like one top 40 hitter. All right. Uh, uh, Devo, you familiar with sure. Whip It? Yeah. yeah. Duran Duran, Eurythmics, Judas Priest, Fella Cootie, not familiar, MC5, New York Dolls, Dolly Parton. In the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, eligible. Okay. Rage Against the Machine, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon. How many get a, in? A Tribe Called Quest and Dion. This Warwick. is a lot of people. It's a, a lot, lot of groups. Of people. Carly Simon got. Uh, yeah, she's got nominated. Yeah, I just said it after Lionel That's Richie. Nice. Yeah, two of Hot Shots podcast people, Lionel Richie and Pat Benatar. Let's do it. I think it's time for a special on Carly Simon. Whew. And her anticipation song. Are you enjoying? Uh, wait, what's that anticipation song? What's Stop that? Stop it. Stop it. Wait, what is that song? Anticipation. Anticipation. Yeah, I think yeah. I know it. 
You do know it was the Heinz commercial. Oh, the Heinz right, ketchup. Yeah. It's yeah. making me wait. <laughs> With it's the glass it's a Carly Simon special. No. How do you? Are you really? I, I didn't know whether you were joking me or not. You're you so vain. Mean, that's the one that you're pops so out vain. Me, yeah. And everybody wants to know who that was about. Some people think it might have been about James Taylor. Yeah, well, there's a lot of controversy yeah. about Warren the, who, Beatty, who she wrote that about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. She actually once auctioned off a lunch for charity. Did she with her? And then she tells those people at the lunch who it's about, which is kind of cool, right? I don't think she ever did that though. Did she? Yeah, I think she did. She had a, and I think she's Ooh, talked about it more in the I past few wanna, years. I, wanna, I know. I want to bid on that. <laughs> She should do it every year, right? It's yeah. kind of a cool thing. Yeah. And then she tells you who it's about. Okay. Anyway, good luck to all these artists. I don't know how. I don't think they pick a certain pick number. Pick three. I have to pick three? You pick three because you're the music guy. Eminem, Pat Benatar, and then I'm going to be stuck. And I'm probably going to have to go with Lionel Richie. How's Lionel Richie not in there? I mean, if you listen to the podcast, which you probably did. <laughs> Pro- oh, no, I did. I prodigious. Did. Lionel Richie. Yeah. I mean, he's huge. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. And I love Duran Duran. I love Judas Priest, but I think you got to go Lionel Richie. There's a Rotterdam bridge in the Netherlands. Yes. That has become the focal point of a controversy. Yep. We love, don't we love bridge controversies on Mitch Unfiltered? <laughs> yes, it's been said many times. There is a, an, a historic, I believe, a landmark bridge in Rotterdam that needs to be disassembled. Needs to be taken down. It's crazy. Because a boat can't get through there. Right. There's a big boat that's being actually, I believe, built yeah. nearby. And the owner of the boat can't get the boat out unless they disassemble the entire bridge. Crazy. So they're going to do it for this guy, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> the ugly American. It's like the classic They're going to do example. it for Jeff Bezos, <laughs> even though they once did it before, and I think relatively recently. Oh. And they promised, I guess there was an... It was a promise that it will never happen again. Okay, like a and one-time now, deal. It's a one-time deal. <laughs> and a few years later, Unless. they are now going to disassemble. Now, the truth is, he is spending, I believe, $400 million on this boat. This boat is 417 oh, feet. God. He's 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 piping money, and he's paying. By the way, he's paying for the well, disassemble. I would hope so, yes. Obviously. I would hope so. His thought is, look, I'm giving them a lot of business. I'm giving that country a lot of business. I'm giving that company a lot of business. Yeah. You got to allow me to bring the boat out. Right. I, I need the boat. How much the boat cost? One, I think it's four hundred million. Oh man! Yeah, he's dumping a little bit of money into that economy. Yes. Maybe help me out a little can, bit. Can so I get, get the boat once I buy it? <laughs> nope. You have to only drive it around in, <laughs> in, like, in like a little three mile circle, <laughs> like Union Bay type little thing. <laughs> you can go. You can go to the bridge and back. Yeah. You just can't go under the bridge. That's right. Yeah. You'll back love it. Back. Yeah. Come on over a couple times a year and drive the boat to and from. Are you a boat guy? Like if you had no. that, if you had that kind of money? No, I'd like, never get I, a boat. I don't think I would. I would either. never get a boat. Maybe I'd go on a trip once in a while, but... I would never get a boat. I would never go on a cruise. I got to tell you, my, my father-in-law lives on a boat in the summer. Yeah. And then he lives in Arizona, of course, in the winter. Yeah. And he had to go take his boat in for some work. Some things get painted. Just kind of fix it yeah. up a little bit. He told me that they called him and told him like what the, what the bill is up to at this point. Yeah. And his boat's like 62 feet. It's not that. Yeah. But, you know, it's got like three bedrooms. It's nice. Yeah. They're at like $97,000 on the bill. Wow. Right. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I mean, boats are like insanely expensive. Look, if I were a billionaire, I would probably get a speedboat for the kids to go around, running around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm all in on planes. I'm, I'm not, I'm not much for a lot of different residences. Maybe one other residence. Okay. I could tell you what's last on my list. Yeah. A big 417 foot boat where I need to take bridges down to be able to get them. I have no interest. Like I would like to be invited. See, I, I for could a have week, all but... the money in the world. 
and I have no interest in a boat like that. Yeah, it's None. weird. I don't really have that. No, that I get either. seasick on it. You know, <laughs> you know, boat. I have stand. to wear the patch and the whole thing. You know what boat stands for, right? I think I've told you before. Bring on another thousand. Because <laughs> they just constantly throwing money at these things. Okay. All right, this really pisses me off, and I got to bring this up. The NFL announced it's awarded a million dollars in funding to support research of the efficacy, I don't know if that's right, uh, efficacy, I don't know, whatever, of marijuana and its components in managing football players' pain yeah. and providing neuroprotection from concussions. So the NFL is essentially going to study how marijuana can potentially help these players cope with pain. Sure Something is. players have been telling them for 40 years that it does. Right. It does help their pain. I mean, Josh Gordon's life was ruined because of that rule, because you can't, participate in marijuana while imagine in the NFL. That. Imagine that. And now they're studying it to see what the effects could, that could help these players. I, to, he, I know he doesn't, but he should have like a lawsuit. It's in, like you ruined 20, his life. No question. In 25 years from now, when everybody's doing it and legally and within the rules. Crazy. People are going to be teaching about Josh Gordon in classrooms. Right, right. As the guy who could not have a career because right. of marijuana. They owe him a lot of money. Although there may have been more than a marijuana. Fine, but just take out the marijuana. I mean, I know yeah. he was busted for that, but three, four times? Yeah. I mean, mm. God, now they're on board. Finally, now they're on board. Now that he's The what? guy lost out on probably $100 million, maybe $125 million because at the time when he was at his peak, he was probably looking at, you know, $60, $70 million contracts. Oh. Absolutely. He was absolutely one of the best. He was right. I mean, hundred catch guy. Yes. Ah. Yes. Goodell owes him a check. 50 million from the NFL. We're sorry. (laughs) We effed you. They don't have any money left. They're going to be paying Brian Flores. (laughs) That's true. All right. I think it's time for someone to tell Simon Cowell to stop riding bicycles. He once again crashed his e-bike and landed Uh in the hospital with broken bones. Uh He was tooling around in London and he turned a sharp corner and well, at least he tried to turn and the road was wet and the tires went out from under him and crashed to the ground. He was treated and released, but you realize he got a new bike back in August. You know what an e-bike is? Like a part electric, you know, so you can get up hills and stuff. It's got no, a, not really. It's got a little little motor on it okay. to help you a little bit. Okay. It lunged forward. This is in August Ooh. on his first one. And his, he broke his back. He fell off it and broke his freaking back on an e-bike in August. So now he's done it again. He's crashed again and no helmet either time. I think Simon Cowell just needs to leave bicycles alone. All right. That's my advice to him. They're not for you. Move it mm-mm, along, buddy. Mm-mm. Yeah. The only thing I have left is a Shake Shack DoorDash promotion. I don't know There's this. now a dating app that's been put together by the Shake Shack. Are you a Shake Shack guy? You ever been to a Shake Shack? Well, I have been. Well, yeah. I, in uh, at LAX, at the Delta Terminal, I used okay. to fly you know, to in and, and from. And yeah. That yeah. Delta Terminal had a Shake Shack. So yeah. that's my only experience. Was so like, you, you never brought the kid, Piper, to the Shake Shack in Kirkland? No, I didn't even know it was there. Oh yeah, there's a Shake Shack in Kirkland. Oh, she'd love it. No, yeah. I haven't. I'm yeah, right there on the down. on the main drag, or kind of just off the main drag where the old theater. Anyway, there's a Shake Shack DoorDash promotion. They they have combined on a dating app. I don't even know what you're. So we have burgers, we have food delivery, don't and ask. dating. It's a true story. Shake Shack <laughs> and DoorDash are yeah. doing a dating app. All right. And I guess you you know if you connect with somebody, you can give them a chicken sandwich. If you connect, okay. You can give them a chicken like sandwich. Like a virtual one, you mean, or like a real one. Like a real one. You can you can send them a chicken sandwich. Now, they have to spend <laughs> $20 or more on DoorDash right. to be able to get the chicken sandwich, right. the free chicken sandwich. DoorDash ain't just running to your house for one sandwich. <laughs> but there is a DoorDash Shake Shack dating line now. I'm just telling you. Well, I'm going to have to fill out a profile and see what I... <laughs> see, see how many chicken I, sandwiches you get? <laughs> that's right. Hey, by the in way... In the old days, we used to give girls carnations in school. That's right. The famous Gene theme story, which I've told a billion times. I won't I won't bore you with it now. 
But the carnation stories. And in Valentine's Day, the little box of candied hearts. Do you ever give those out? The right. Little, but we gave we gave carnations on Valentine's Day. Okay. Where you bought them early in the week. Oh, and you oh, could I have see. them delivered during school to oh, a girl. Oh. I never got any the of door, that crap. Uh, the doors would fly open. Oh, who's a four? Who's Everyone a good, wants to know. And then she would get three. He might get one. She'd get 12. Who got who? You know, the whole thing. The carnation. We didn't send chicken sandwiches. No, that wasn't happening. <laughs> Can I tell you something really pathetic that I yes. did in high school? Yes. Senior year? Yes, please. There was a girl. I mean, she's under 18. I'm going to say girl. Don't everyone jump on me. She's, I don't know. Do you want me to say woman? She was a senior in high school with me. And I... She wouldn't give me the time of day. Not the time of day. And it really bothered me. I'm sure it did. Bothers me right now hearing about it. Really bothered me because yeah. I was interested. I wanted to get to know her. She was really pretty and I was... To know her. Yeah. There were, so we had this thing on Valentine's Day where you fill out a questionnaire. Yeah. And then this is before the internet. And then everyone fills it out and they put them into a computer and then it spits out who your best matches are. Don't tell me. Like 30%. You and her came out. Well... I actually was working in the class that was running the little program. Oh, so I, you fixed it. The I, fix was in. I fixed it so <laughs> stupidly. I, it was a hundred percent match. Like I should have left like a few off. <laughs> what am I doing? A hundred percent. Yeah, because like your highest match would be like forty, right? Yeah. Like things you have in common. And yours but and hers was hundred <laughs> percent. Still didn't work <laughs> to this day. Lisa would not even look at Where me. Where is she now? Uh, I don't want married with kids. I don't want to act like I'm Facebook stalker, but I think she might be in Paul's bow. I don't know for sure. I can don't we know get for... her on the show, dude? Like, wouldn't no, I... I'm serious. Can, can Steve Dion get Lisa on the show to reminisce about when it came out a hundred percent? Huh? What a loser I am for doing that. Yeah, but that's great. It's great. It's a great podcast. We might be Joe Rogan if we do this. She might come she on. May, and... She may catapult <laughs> us to the next stratosphere. Oh, we're going to become racist if we have her on? Is that what no, you're No, we're not going to become oh, racist. Okay. <laughs> oh, listen. I want to have Lisa on. Yeah, it's pathetic. And ask her yeah. what she thought when she saw 100% Scott Soden. Yeah, why not just call me and say did this she is incredible. Even, did she even contemplate it for a half a second? We got to know. There's no way she contemplated it. We can it. get her on. I think, she had, I think she had a boyfriend at the time, but I didn't care. Let's get her on. But why wouldn't she even like talk, like look at me? These are questions I have to ask. <laughs> I think, actually, I think I tried Let's to, get her on. I think I tried to add her on LinkedIn and she hasn't accepted yet. So I think she's still out on me for, Come I don't on, know what we I can do. We can figure it out. I'll, Steve will go right to her door. Knock on the door. You ever heard of the Mitch Unfiltered podcast? We need you on. You can talk to her. I'm going to, I can't talk Steve, to her. if you're listening, get Lisa on. <laughs> All right. I, by the way, I she's guessed one, two, and three uh, on episode 178. I tried telling everyone in the past about buffet fights. Yeah. Uh, I tried telling everyone how I awesome love buffets, but yeah. And the fist fights that happened. No, well, like five people sent me this. Yeah. I saw it anyway. It all went down last Friday at a golden corral in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. Really? Now things got totally out of hand. Punches, booster seats, chairs, Pretty much anything that was that wasn't bolted down. Over crab legs. Tossed. I think you once told me one about crab legs. Yeah, that, one of those. Not this one, but the video shows lots of people getting nailed and taken down. The reason for all this violence, you ask? Yeah. Well, a rep for the restaurant tells that things escalated when someone cut the buffet line and grabbed someone else's steak. Police are still sorting it all out. There are about forty people involved, and you can hear right. a guy at the very end of the video go, "Man, all I wanted was some steak." That's all. And then the video cuts off over steak. People are throwing high cherries at each other. At a golden corral. R.I.P.s? Uh, I don't... I don't... Uh, oh, yeah, I got one. You're not going to know this. Tang Soo Do, master Robert Wall. He trained and acted with Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee in some no. of the greatest martial arts films of all time. Passed away at 82 years. He was a ninth degree Tang Soo Do black belt. 
Oh. One of the true American legit badasses of all time. So that's my only RIP I have. Yes, rest in peace. Any headlines? Any stories? Yeah, I got a few here. YouTuber Logan Paul was harassed by a group of monkeys during a recent trip to South Africa. A group of monkeys were harassing him. You know, it might be looking the mere time when even the animal kingdom can't stand you. Two Idaho men passed a beach ball back and forth to each other 157 times in one minute for a new Guinness record. Can someone please tell Frankie Avalon it's over? I don't think anybody got that, Timely, but I did. Timely 70-year-old reference. I got it. Prince Andrew allegedly plans to look for help from Kevin Spacey. He believes the actor, oh my God. He believes the actor could be a very compelling asset in front of a jury. I don't know if Prince Andrew has the internet or not. <laughs> <laughs> he could probably do a little bit. All right, uh, CNN President Jeff Zucker abruptly resigned on Wednesday for failing to disclose a romantic relationship with a staffer. Yep. It's a crappy career move, I mean, because had it only been non-consensual, he could have been the president of Fox News. <laughs> Leave me alone, everyone. Roger Ailes is not a sympathetic figure. And finally... He's dead, isn't he? I think so. A Foot Locker manager has been accused of climaxing into sneakers, a man, um, and handing them off to customers. It just gets more and more gross by the minute. A footlocker manager has been accused of doing that into sneakers and handing them off to customers to try on while bragging about all of his behavior online. The manager was, of course, terminated, but he has since found a new job at the store. Finish line. <laughs> oh, Anything else, Mitch? Oh, uh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. Mitch at MitchUnfiltered.com. <laughs> I'll send them off to, yeah, to Scott when I get them. It's fine. That's it. Episode 100 and what is it? 77? 177. Hope you enjoyed it. It's in the books.